welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And this week we return, after a little break, yeah. <laughs> um, in order to bring you the one and only Fright Night. Yeah, <laughs> we are, uh, we're back on our bullshit, on the uh, <laughs> must-see horror poster slash film saga that we're working through. Um, and it's pretty interesting because we mentioned this, if you listen to our controversial um, or overrated horror movies, then you know that we actually mentioned this film where we we didn't exactly shit on another of this film's contemporaries, but we we said that we preferred this film to... We talked smack about Lost Boys. Uh, talked smack about the Lost Boys. <laughs> uh, we said that we preferred this film, and then it just so happened that we landed on this film when we threw the dart. So it's quite it's lined up quite nicely, I think. <laughs> it has, yeah. Um, yeah, because this is one that you've been talking about for a while. I'd never watched... I'd watched the remake, but I'd never okay. seen this one. Uh, I thought I had, but I, it was just one when I was watching. I was like, nah, this isn't the one. I don't know what I watched, <laughs> but I watched something else. Um, so yeah, I'd seen the Colin Farrell, Anthony Elchin remake, yeah. but I'd never seen this version of Fright Night. So yeah, when I came to watch it, I watched them quite close together. So we were talking last time about The Lost Boys and this, and they're both two films that I've literally watched within the last few months of seeing each other. So you'd think the nostalgia and things like that. In The Lost Boys, I expected to have I had higher expectations yeah. for Lost Boys because I'd heard so much more about it. It was such a, a cult film. This is a cult film as well, but I had such high expectations. Yeah, it's thought of a lot um, more fondly, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's, it is. Uh, I think even you mentioned that someone had said to you that was like the peak of, if you want to see 80s vampire, yeah. it's the Lost Boys. Um, and yeah, for, uh, for me, the, I, just, I just definitely felt that in comparison to this, which has a good balance of like fun yeah kind of maybe a little side of like cheesy 80s kind of thing you yeah. know style but the thing is it's backed up by actually some quite like haunting and terrifying kind of characters especially chris sarandon's um jerry dandridge, jerry dandridge yeah, um who is just very which again like i to compare it a little bit more to that one it was the idea that i thought that Kiefer sutherland's in the Lost Boys would be like that kind of level yeah. of terrifying, and I never actually thought he got to that level. That I know that Kiefer Sutherland is one hundred percent possible of because he's a fucking creepy guy. Now. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but he doesn't quite sell it like this, which has this film just has that perfect balance with Jerry Dandridge, where it is that perfect balance of both. Yeah, I'd fuck you, <laughs> and yeah, I'm terrified you're gonna kill me. And like, yeah. It's, it is a, it is a, after watching it again, so I've, I've seen this twice now, I watched it a couple of weeks ago when we were originally going to record yeah. and now I'm back and I watched it again just before we've recorded this and um, yeah, I, I really rated it, I wasn't like, I wasn't too sure if I liked, how much I liked it the first time but watching it again yesterday I was like, yeah this is definitely, this is good. <laughs> it's actually, yeah, it's actually, it's a favourite of mine to be honest. Um, I think there's, I, I have quite a lot of you know like linking in and identifying with charlie brewster in the weirdest way because when i first watched this film i i brought it on dvd when i was about 17 18 um and 
I, I was I was very much Charlie Brewster growing up, you know. I was watching horror movies all all night. I was a bit of a nerd, you know. Um, and I kind of really it really clicked with me. And every time I watch this film, I get that nostalgia of being a teen, being up late at night watching horror movies. Yeah. And and you know we grew up in a, in the kind of suburbs almost what the americans would call the suburbs <laughs> yeah which is kind of where this is set so it kind of yeah, like kind of that nothing form. ever happens kind of place yeah, like nothing, nothing ever really happens. ever happens you're always a bit like creeped out and yeah that's pretty much to be fair that doesn't really identify any differently with no. me, to be fair. <laughs> there, there is that part there um the, with that kind of charlie character i've mentioned before about the fact that i used to get like really spooked out by my own garden yeah, like, there was a really dark corner of my garden, like where people used to just always just like you just stare. I sometimes see people staring like they're being like, "What is in that?" Because it's like suddenly it's like all darkness came. Yeah, like, there was light, and then there was this big dark corner, which you're aware of because people used to do it like parties around my house. They used to literally, I just see them just stare. I was like, "What are you staring at?" Like. Just like I can't darkness. see in that dark. It's like in the middle. It's like nothingness suddenly in one corner exactly. of my, in the old garden. I mean, my parents' garden is exactly the same. Yeah, it's quite a big garden. Um, it has like a pond, and then it has an area where you can then go into like a further bit of the garden. And once it gets dark, you can't see past the pond. Yeah, and it's it is it's scary. Even now, you're like. I was going to say, it's weird, I know with me. both of the, our older houses, it was a case of there was literally like a street light just on yeah. the other side. So you'd think you should be able to see, but it was like, no, no it's just all darkness dark. in that. And I don't know what it is, but when you've been sat up all night, probably watching horror movie after horror movie, yeah. and then you've been, uh, and then, uh, well, I was like, <laughs> whatever else you do is yeah. a dream. <laughs> but uh, what more I said, like, or you'd be like, I don't know, on, on, online or things like that. And the, the interest in like the real life murders and yeah. stuff like that I used to have like I used to like scroll like scroll through about some like I don't know like Bob uh, you know Murray Ramsey or whatever yeah. and they were you know and then things like that those kind of murder cases and then suddenly you like stand up and just look at that dark space <laughs> and you're like who is in there someone's waiting <laughs> someone yeah. is waiting for me in that space but yeah no I, I totally get that kind of um, there is a little bit though I will I will admit that out of all of the characters, though, I, I can't say, like, I, I, I definitely relate to that being a teenager, being a thing, looking out your window with the kind of, what the fuck have I just seen? Because there was plenty of times when I looked out the window, I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. Who is that? <laughs> is that person just, like, looking up at me? I feel like I've just had, like, those moments, like, yeah. someone walking by, I was like, are you just staring at me? Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, although at the same time, I've got to be honest, uh, it was actually, out of all of the characters in the film, Charlie's the one that actually I probably liked least that's interesting um i found it quite and it's not like it gets a great opening like anyone who watches it now passive maybe a like slight nostalgia of the character like he comes across a bit of a dick with his partner in that opening a little bit, scene yeah. like there's a little bit of i don't know what would they call it gaslighting to get her to have yeah. sex and so <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Or, is that the right one i don't know but there yeah. are a little bit of that i guess it's like the a film, teen you know, there's a, a certain kind of, of its time kind of thing um, but it definitely is like a little bit of a like it feels like he manipulates her into changing her mind about like, it. yeah like we are we've been together a year let's yeah. fuck <laughs> like come on when are we going to do it and yeah like and then he's he's pretty much and it does that 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 does play like a part in the film and it is it, I think it, it is meant to be part of the arc of their kind of relationship yeah he, he constantly he goes from this to then getting constantly so distracted by the things that are going on that yeah. he 
neglects and forgets about her, or he's so he's so drawn in by what's going on next door, he keeps uh, neglecting her, and she keeps like coming round and round. Yeah. Like you know, she does several things to him, like walking out when he's not even listening to her after they were that close to like actually doing it, but he got too distracted by the window. Yeah. And then, you know, there's the other one in like when they're talking and he hits, sees like the news when they're Which in the cafeteria awesome. at yeah. school and she's like slams a burger and a sloppy Joe in his face because yeah. he's like, you're a dick. And this keeps playing. And that, that mistrust kind of comes in later with Jer- Jerry Dandridge's character. But yeah, yeah I, I will admit that opening, I was like, well, I'm not warming to this character. Well, <laughs> Anton Yelcher was much better than this guy. <laughs> well, I mean... I'll get the I'll get the plug in there as always um, <laughs> before we get started properly. Um, but you know, if you enjoy the show, make sure to hit that subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review. We're almost at a hundred followers on Spotify, which is pretty fucking class. Cool. So remember <laughs> to hit that subscribe button um, and leave that review. Um, the opening of the film. Um, one thing that I I didn't clock this until watching it recently, uh, but I always thought the soundtrack was pretty cool, and I. I realised that Brad Fidel does the soundtrack and he also, he did the Terminator soundtrack as well. And that's yeah. an absolute shagging, you know, soundtrack on To that. be fair, that, that actually, because I was, I was, I was listening to it the second time I watched the film and I was like, this soundtrack is quite like full on. Yeah. It's quite like, it's like, quite like, like fast beated kind of thing. You yeah. know what I mean? I was thinking of like other 80s films, but I was like, this is quite an actiony kind of um, yeah. soundtrack. For like the film, yeah, like the definitely. way it starts, it felt quite like quick beat. Yeah, that's a it's interesting. <laughs> it is. And the actual like the team behind it are um, it, it, there's a you know it, there's a great team and cast. You've got Tom Holland, um, and it's obviously this is it's written and directed by him. And I he had a couple of like I guess you could call it a couple of hits maybe, um, but in terms of like the actual stuff I, that he worked. From what I saw, it looked like more yeah they definitely looked more like cult kind of films than it is yeah uh, hits maybe hits at the time. But uh, we did the, the Beast Within, which is a really weird kind of werewolf film. It has a it has a fucking really hilarious but mental um, transformation scene, and then he did Class of eighty four. Which I don't know if I've seen or if I confuse if I confuse it with another film, but I know that I was know a cult. He did Psycho Two as well. Um, That's a cult, which is a like. cult one, but it's a it's a good film. Yeah, know, I've, surprising. I've, I've heard. I've, I've never I've never watched Psycho Two, but I have heard great things about Psycho Two. Yeah, many people saying if you take it away from the original as its own kind of thing, it is a is a great it, like little like psychological slasher. Yeah, so it's a very different film, and it's yeah. one of those films where it kind of like shouldn't work. Because it's, uh, you know, it's like Psycho is such a classic. Yeah, it's one of those that's like you never needed to make a sequel to this film. Yeah, not only that, but you're making a sequel to like a '60s film in the '80s. You know, yeah, so yeah. Like, tone wise, quite, uh, quite, yeah. quite distinct and quite different. Um, but it was Tom Holland's first directorial film, um, and I and then obviously went on to do Child's Play with Chris Sarandon. Yeah, that's um, his. That's probably his biggest. Probably his biggest it, film. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think as a as a starting film, yeah, I think it's a real strong one, man. He also did um, Finner, didn't he? Stephen yeah, he did Finner, which I remember I was watching many many years ago. It was te- <laughs> not, not like teens, but like kind of yeah. in college years or stuff like that. We watched Finner. I, I, I think you would seen it before. Right? And yeah, be like oh, let's watch Finner. I'd see, I've seen I'd it. I've never times. seen it. I was like, what the fuck is Finner? <laughs> it's a fun film. It is yeah. quite fun. I remember having quite a kind of TV movie-ish like, look to it, though. It did yeah. look a bit like 
cheap at the time, but there was definitely something enjoyable about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a fun film. We had a fun time. <laughs> and I think like that's one of the things about Fright Night is how much of a fun film it is. Yeah, it's it is just. The, I, it kept, I was, kept trying to put my finger on, like, what is the kind of chaotic energy that I'm getting from yeah. this? From, from the characters to the, uh, even to the special effects. Um, and to me, it was, um, this has a very um, Gremlins feel to me. I don't know why. I can, I can There's see like it. that chaotic energy, but also while having that kind of homely charm, that kind of small town charm, yeah, I while also... It bringing in that bit that that these kind of slightly bigger characters or kind of crazier characters to kind of yeah. fill it out um but no the the, the cat the the cast is uh is, is pretty great in this film i think the story setup is great as well it's kind of yeah it's i think it's kind of rear window mixed with dracula yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, if you had to sell it to somebody it's <laughs> it, that's what it is and the one thing that i remember this film doing but only kind of on the, the the most repeated watch which by the way i mentioned this to you i watched it on amazon um i i rented it and the quality was absolute dog shit and like all of the shots at night was just so washed and so uncomfortable to watch i, I restarted my ps5 because i was like this has got to be a faulty connection or something yeah, yeah. but it was absolute dog shit um <laughs> But usually it's quite it's quite a nice looking film. You hear us, Amazon, give us free shit. <laughs> yeah, I should demand a refund. Give us all of our money back. <laughs> yeah. um, but it does. It has that kind of like it. It gets into it surprisingly quickly. It does. You know? Yeah. I mean, um, to be fair, because the first time right until I'd like watched it through, the, the, it wasn't until the second time that I even properly. I although I clocked on to uh, Peter Vincent being um, obviously in the opening. Yeah, opening on, on Friday. I didn't even notice that he was in the opening ah, film. No, yeah. I didn't notice it the first time. I noticed he was the presenter of the show, yeah. but I didn't realise he was actually in the yeah. film that was in there. Which I love because it was such a, um, such a like a proper like crappy level of fifties like one, yeah, where he even like goes at to the vampire, but he has the, the state the upside wrong down. Way yeah, <laughs> which I was like, uh, 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 was that on purpose or is yeah. that meant to be like that? You know. Um, but yeah, I, 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 little things that I didn't spot the first time around, I was like, ah, oh, that's it good. adds to the charm. It's quite cool because, it, yeah, I, I liked the idea of that because it, for every like high quality one, you had like some of the Frankenstein ones or even Christopher Lee's Dracula, you had many cheesy, oh, crappy so 50, 40s and 50s kind of level of like monster horror yeah. where they were just so campy and that's just so, yeah. yeah, so like it's like you're not the monsters because that was meant to be comedy you're trying to be serious and you're, you're playing it like you're the monsters yeah <laughs> like that kind of <laughs> level of like horror so it, it was nice to see them kind of play into like playing up that kind of very like campy period that it yeah. like reminding people that no it wasn't always serious it was actually quite a campy yeah. during that period and that I, I, I think like the one of the things that I love about the film is that it it almost pays homage to that campiness like i don't think i think one of the things with lost boys is just to shit on that film a bit more is lost boys is very i feel is trying very hard to be cool yeah yeah, yeah. whereas like this film it's just like we're gonna be fun 
we've got to be campy. Well, it is. As they said my my major problem with that was that it's it, it all felt like style. It look it looked great. It mm. looks better in many ways than this oh, film yeah. does. But then there are a lot of things that don't work better. And when it, it comes to that, it's just like for me, like in that film, the, the story was really lacking. And here, yeah. there's a lot to pack in, and yeah. there's a lot that happens. But there's also a lot of kind of very. Uh, nicely handled kind of like character moments and character oh, yeah. pieces in this one where I felt like everything was quite like one dimensional yeah you know what I mean like in, in Lost Boys it all felt like very one sided and uh, we'll probably cover that film one day just so we can well, reflect and see yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll come back to it so right now you can shout us all you want for yeah. not being sure maybe we'll change our mind when we fully delve on into it but uh, yeah not right now um I do, yeah. So I do love lots, of, lots of little details. There is, I mean, I got to be honest. The first time I watched it, though, for some, I like one thing that straight away distract. I got distracted by like one, like I said, like the Charlie thing being like, yeah. oh, this guy's a bit of a dick. Um, <laughs> Chris Sarandon's beautiful. Then I got distracted by the major continuity error that keeps going on in the background while he's checking the window. <laughs> which one's this? Um, his partner, which I can't remember what her name is. Is it Amber? Uh, it might be. Amber. Maybe that's the actress's name. Um, yeah. So. Um, so obviously, after after they've had that, like, uh, you know, after, Amy, is Amy, girlfriend. after they've had that kind of um, conversation about, ah, uh, we've, you know, it's we've been together a year and not it never yeah. goes anywhere, and then obviously that's when you start to get like distracted by by like the window, um, but then that's when she says about like going back to the like the bed and things like that, yeah. and, like, um, so the continuity area is she takes off, she takes off her top. And gets a thing, and then when you flick back to him looking in the window, she's got a top back on. Ah. Then when you flick back to her, she's kind of arranging the sheet so it's covering her. Okay. And then when you flick back to him, he, she's taking it off in the background. Ah. And then it keeps <laughs> like three, four times. So yeah. I, it was just my like while I was watching, I, I wasn't paying attention to him looking out the window. I was like, well, I was just probably looking in the background, like we're about to see boobs. Yeah. <laughs> but, but instead, I was like, oh wait, off, on, off, partially off. Yeah. Back on again, and then it like links. And then when he turns around at one point, she kind of has it kind of on again, and then it's up. It literally just goes back and forth. So I got really distracted by the continuity error in the background. <laughs> I, I her, didn't like notice. them not leveling up the point when she actually was meant to have the top on yeah. or off. And then obviously, yeah. So then, then she it sticks to it more when it does the proper close up on her where she's saying about like he's saying like about the coffin outside and then it's on the TV they're carrying a coffin on like the Misty yeah. Moors and she's like are they along the Misty Moors like taking like getting at him about the fact that he's like I'm naked now and you're just like fucking looking out the window like what are we yeah. doing here like you're fucking with my brain what's going on um, yeah so uh, uh, that kind of that kind of caught my eye but also that's the first time you get the eye of uh, if you get the eye of um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Dandridge, Mr. Dandridge and uh, his his partner his, yeah his partner <laughs> partner Billy his Renfeld his Renfeld Billy who's also, his Renfeld rent boy kind yeah, of like, Renfeld, isn't yeah, yeah. I'm glad you picked up on that I, I was getting well I, I've I've heard that apparently there was meant to be a sexual undertone between them there was meant to be a kind of I read that homoerotic yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean that's the thing is like about vampires is it like vampires are quite homoerotic like, oh yeah it's right. cool man it's all it's all cool <laughs> i was gonna say yeah i was gonna say i'd always like for, for most of the way i'd read dracula he's been around for so long i would literally i would read him as a pretty much like a bi character to be yeah. honest 
or just like completely fluid. Like he, he's whatever, whatever wants to bang me, and I bang whatever. He's, well, yeah, he's wants like, to bang. Be banging bats. He'll be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As my friend said, we're all the same under the sheets. You know, like people just. They're just fucking. That's all they exactly. want. Exactly. He's banging wolves because wolves are about. <laughs> yeah. <him. laughs> Maybe he does morph into a wolf, fuck someone, morph into a bat, fucks a wolf. Like they just fuck. That's it. There's Jerry Dandridge. He's he he has no qualms about banging whatever no. you want. <laughs> and I think I will. I mean, we, it's been a while since we've had somebody join the club, uh, but I think Chris Sarandon and Jerry Dandridge are officially members of the sexual man club you know, it's been a long time since we've had a sexual man on the podcast that is true but he is a very sexual man you know? he, oh he definitely Derek, uh, chris sarandon as this character he brings a real intensity to him like the you know that real um i don't know there's just that real like allure of like the man the, sex, the good like, vampire the guy that literally he you, well the thing is that's what's always been kind of the bet. And actually, to be fair, <laughs> to shit again on Bram Stoker's Dracula, what I don't like about Gary Oldman is that I feel that there's almost no sex appeal about him. <laughs> Whereas I feel that Dracula should be an intensely sexual character. I, I agree with you on that. <laughs> Although my thing... And Especially this, old balls. Uh, oh, yeah, those big, droopy old balls. <laughs> Gary Oldman. I don't think he's in the not, sexual not the Ga- I don't, yeah, Not the Gary Oldman. I'm sure there are some roles when you could probably be like, maybe he's in the sexual man, but... Uh, not in that. No, I don't, I don't think on that one. <laughs> well, here's, here's my thing is, right, is this, the one interesting thing about this film, and they touch on it a few times as like a subtle kind of theme, is the change and the change in perception of vampires, right? So yeah. Peter Vincent is is great. You know, he's he's such an amazing character. and He's, he's clearly, I believe the role was supposed to be for... Vincent Price, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they got the name from Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. Yeah. Um, but he is very much that old style Van Helsing vampire hunter, you know, with the cloak, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the the toolbox, very like English doctor almost. He's that kind of thespian character. And I think one of the interesting things is when you're working with vampires, you have to try and kind of modernize them. Like you you can't really have like a Gary Oldman style like pimp almost like you know early 19th century vampire in yeah. the 80s you have to modernize them yeah, yeah, yeah and it's it's how do you go about doing that without leaning into the cliche of like Transylvania Eastern European Romanian yeah. gentleman in a suit and I think the way in which they did it with Chris Sarandon as not only just like like a handsome fucker but he's quite he's quite stylish he has this charm to him that do, and I, I don't think his charm comes off as being hokey you know no it, it doesn't that that's one thing there was one thing i thought ah oh, you're gonna be like this you're gonna be a bit of a sleaze yeah. you know what i mean like you kind of get that but you you actually don't you kind of he's weirdly like alluring you yeah. really you as the viewer as long as well as you can see with all the characters are just really drawn in by him. Mm. Like the scene when you've got like Amy and Evil when they first like actually come face to face with him. And whether that's meant to be some implication of the supernatural power that he has, his allure. Yeah. But also, it's also just like, even if it's not that, you actually still believe that they could just be charmed by this guy. Yeah. Because it just is a naturally charming man. You know, like, you know, like the mum wants a pipe in. Mum wants a pipe mum in. Wants Everyone a pipe wants in. a pipe and, in. Who doesn't want a pipe in? <laughs> yeah. To be fair. I mean, uh, even, uh, even uh, Peter Vincent, I think, wants a At one point, he's a, a little bit he's, pipe. Yeah. <laughs> 
Peter Benson, yeah, he's uh, yeah. Uh, Roddy McDowell is very good, but I like, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I like what you're saying because he's very much. I think that helps to play into the fact that not only is this an actor who's pretending to be someone, That's it. but it's also the idea that the classic kind of um, Van Helsing kind of thing would be very out of his depth with of this course. 80s vampire yeah. version. Um, and even though, you know, he's got that, um, Jared Andrews has got the kind of, the coat and outfit, which feels very like 80s kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it again, it doesn't feel to the level of cheesy. And the the one thing I think is actually good is there are lots of cheesy things in this film, but the one thing I don't think is is Jerry Dandridge. No, I think he comes across like you could take his character and you could have put him in the remake, and I think he still would have been just as alluring and just yeah. like it would have worked just as well because he didn't feel like he was too eighties. No, he didn't feel too much like he was you know trying to be. Oh, I am the eighties. This is my style. I'm all about the style. Yeah, he felt very much like he was that kind of like charming, alluring guy that no matter what age he is, he would still be like, yeah, you're gonna pipe. I'm yeah, gonna pipe. I'm gonna pipe everything. <laughs> he the thing that he he felt to me, and is this is one of the things that I have with. Um, the Lost Boys is. I get the idea of the Lost Boys, the young forever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're embracing that youth. Yeah, the Whereas, Peter Pan never Peter Pan thing. Whereas I think with Jerry Dandridge <clears throat> is... We, we don't get how long he's been alive for, mm. but we're getting... Like, there's a point where... I know we're jumping through the film where he threatens Charlie. Like, yeah. this is, like, in 20 minutes. He's, like, he's like threatening Charlie. Like, you know what I am. I know, you know, like, I can I could kill you. Or you can just leave me and just let me This is me when be. he's in his house. This is when he's it? in his house. Yeah, after his mum lets them in. Yeah, which is an incredible scene. And all he wants, we'll get to, we'll go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, he just comes off as just like a man who, or like a vampire, who just wants to live and just blend in, you know? Yeah. And I think that's so scary about him is he's not like, he, like when he's, when the club scene later on, yeah. He doesn't particularly stand out, you know. It's mm. just a, he just blends in so well. Well, it just is that thing. He he could have gone straight to I'm going to kill you, Charlie. Yeah. But he doesn't. He literally is like just forget this and leave it and we can go like I just want to have a normal life. I've done this for long enough. I'm I just want Yeah. You know, if you just let this go, we can both just go our separate ways yeah. kind of thing. And that you know that gives an extra kind of layer to the character of not just being this one note kind of villain no. of like I'm I'm here to be the lurker in the background because I think if you're going to put it in a suburban setting if if Dracula or whatever <laughs> yeah. you know he's a vampire it doesn't say he's Dracula but you know it's I, a vampire if that you know if if that kind of evil is going to come to a place like why is he going to come to the middle of a suburb you know yes maybe easy picking for like Funza, but you know it feels like in many ways that yes he's still taking that to like get and that's why he's got Billy, is it? He's got Billy, yeah. Just like bring him like people and buy old girls and get girls and yeah. stuff like that. And he can get them himself, obviously. But um, that whole part of his character, it feels like there has to be a part of, for whatever reason, that he wants some normality in his life. Yeah. Because otherwise, he doesn't need to choose this middle of a suburb. You know what I mean? Exactly. I know it works well for the story. But it also, they as a make it choice. as a character feel believable. When if they had really played this character up, as some big menacing vampire villain that's kind of 
taking people in and killing them of it. It's just like, well, you could have chose much better places than this kind yeah. of middle of suburbia kind of like, you could have chose, you know, more city setting would have made more sense because yeah. you can kind of get them in dark places and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it does make it feel a little bit more like in this craziness of all feel a little bit like, I, I do feel like his character like sometimes gr- grounds this a little bit. Yeah, you know, in a strange way. Let, not letting it go kind of off the rails kind of thing. And even the way that they play it out with you know like the the policeman coming over to check and it all kind of feeling a bit real in that kind yeah. of way that yeah they do of course they're going to respond they said that he's the guy that killed the women they do respond but then it's Charlie who makes it sound crazy it's yeah. not him and he's very much manipulative in that way that he can be like no one's going to believe the stupid kid exactly. you know I seem like a perfectly presentable nice guy with my gay sidekick yeah I'm just a man <laughs> I'm just living a with... yeah. man in the suburbia <laughs> I'm just a dude living with another dude in the 80s we you don't know, need I mean, to put a label thing, on you know, it you know you know you, you, know, you play this uh, you know this, this literally could have been a, a storyline in Desperate Housewives yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, the new gay couple that moves in and they've got a dark secret well they're not gay behind. they're just dudes living with dudes they're that dudes just, living with that dudes that just hug you know and... I'm just saying Desperate Housewives <laughs> they'd be the new gay dark guys you know the guys that are throwing a fancy party, you know. Yeah. <laughs> one of them's the masculine one in his pink salmon shirt. The other one's the the other one's the bottom. The other one's the, <laughs> the bottom, basically. Yeah. Um, just touching on these the scenes with uh, the the prostitutes, you know. Yeah. Where they, I think it's such a a great scene because the film does really get into it quite quickly. We don't get any chance to be like. Oh, is he? Isn't he a vampire? It's yeah. very clear. Like we see the coffin moving in within the first like five and ten, five ten minutes, and then we see Charlie's, the blonde, yeah, the blonde say, woman, blonde woman. Charlie's and, suspected already, but then they see the news report about the, which is a great scene as well. You know, yeah, with uh, we, that's where we see Evil Ed for the first time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. When they're coming out of um, when, when they're coming out of their trigonometry, trigonometry. Because he's talking about you're the one that fails trigonometry, yeah. not me. Um, yeah, evil, evil Ed is an interesting. He, character. he is a really interesting character because I mentioned him a long time ago. You I did. I you remembered remember. you mentioning yeah. him. So I remembered you saying like you felt sorry for his characters or whatever. Which the first time I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The this is the 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 thing about Evil Ed and the the actor who plays him, which I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to because I think he's played very well um and that's stephen jeffries is evil ed is really fucking annoying oh he's and, and really a shitbag until a certain point he he's great he's great when he's the vampire when he takes on the whole the form of the vampire and things like that because somehow suddenly it works it really works. really well um, and he's almost the, the caretaker gremlins only just said like basically yeah. one of the actual gremlins like he's like the guy who's turned from a like a, a sweet like kind of oddball thing to into this gremlin that's now fucking crazy like the one that's dancing to like flash dance yeah. like, <laughs> like he's fucking just fully it suddenly for some reason his character really works when he's a vampire but before he's a vampire he comes across as just I mean literally in my head I can't remember if I said this in the controversial one, but evil. Uh, I feel like I've mentioned this before. Maybe I've just thought it so much in my maybe, head. Yeah, maybe you've had I was sat there. Fever I dream. was sat there going, "Who the hell does he keep reminding me of?" And he reminds me of Leonardo DiCaprio in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. I've I've <laughs> heard it, never seen it. <laughs> if you watch the character, the way that the way that. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio plays special needs is very much basically the same way really? evil Ed acts. Like 
you gotta say, there's something about Evil Ed that you're like, they're so really wrong with you. There's something definitely there. Like, you seem, at some points, you seem fairly together, and then at other points, you're laughing and things. Definitely sounds like, you, you know, you're, you're part of your daddy's game. You're part <laughs> of daddy's game, yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're really, you know, and I was just there, I was just there like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, <laughs> it's just, he's an eccentric kid, you know? <laughs> we got dudes living with dudes and kids with undiagnosed I mean, it's not, as I said, it's not that, and on the second time, you know, I definitely got past the annoyingness and found, like, that, you know, towards the end, why there's a kind of a sadness. And I also found you a bit can, of a yeah. sadness in the fact that you can never really tell if he's actually got any friends or even if Charlie's actually his yeah, friend. Yeah, that's the sadness I get from him. Because there is, um, you know, there's like when Charlie first suspects him, like, as a full on, af- this is after the prostitute scene. Um, well, that was a definitely, that was definitely a scene that you were beaten off to, you know? <laughs> Where, and this is what surprised me about it, because I remember it having a bit more build as oh is he a vampire or is charlie just nuts yeah but we get the you know we get the the first prostitute that he bumps into and then um the, the tv that she's dead and then uh, like a couple of nights left later or a few scenes later even um charlie's watching jerry through the window with another lady of the night um, yeah. And then he notices him. You were beaten off to that scene. I know you definitely were just beaten to it. When he's getting them first titties out. Yeah, when he's getting them titties out. You were beaten. And then Chris Sarandon's muscled body. Um, and then when he pulls the blind down yeah. and the fiend kicks in, which is a really cool fiend, and you see like the just the first hint. You get the fangs, but then you're kind of like, oh, is this? But then you see the fingers, you know, are real yeah. kind of long and it's... It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And it is you know? only about 20 minutes in, so yeah. it does confirm it quite quickly. Um, I can't remember exactly, but this is one This was one thing popped into my head because um, there, there's definitely a certain level of violence in this film. There's, a, like, blood and kind of... Yeah. A lot of, um, a lot of like, character-creature kind of work as well. Um, and none of that I remember being in the remake. The remake, no. I also remember being more of a like a you know a straight PG thirteen kind of. Yeah, it was definitely made for more of a almost a teen crowd than it was for like I a think full on horror. Yeah. Um, I definitely remember those parts, but yeah, I I, I don't remember. I feel like the difference in my head because I know some people do rate the remake, and I haven't seen it in so long that I I can't remember. I remember thinking it was okay at the time. But yeah, that's what um, I remember thinking. But I rem- now I'm seeing this and reflecting. I'm feeling like this it was very tame in comparison to this but the other thing was i feel like in the remake what makes it that way is because they do play up for longer the idea of is he a vampire so it is much more about like is this kid going kind yeah. of crazy is the things he's seeing actually real or is he not sure and i feel like that's what they did more in the remake whereas here they just yeah this is kind of get straight to it they're like yeah he's about, like it's it's more about do people believe Charlie, which basically no one does. No, well you get the you get the great scene where um, I think it it might be the night that woman dies when he's watching through the window, yeah, and Charlie sneaks out, and then they you know they're getting when rid of the, the body, yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, in the bush, and he's like I felt I saw him fly up, and the great one of the other things I love about uh, Jerry Dandridge, and I think is so fucking class. This is what I would do if I was a vampire as well. It's just appearing, you yeah. know? It's just like, there's, he's just like there. He like turns around, he's there. They're like, they're running. There's a, a point later in the club where they're running 
Jerry's behind them, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the next shot, he's right in front of them. Yeah. You know that amazing. It's thing like you never see him. I don't. Feel, I feel like you never actually see Jared Andrews actually running. No, you don't. After anyone, just he walks, just is man. there. My he's man just, just strolls. He's just chilled as fuck, which is great because that is it plays into the character. It's far scarier. Like I know, like the idea of people say, like in like horror films, like someone chasing after you. Yeah, that that is in certain scenarios that is very like creepy. You know, when someone's got a chainsaw and they're after you, then yeah, fuck yeah, that's scary. In Scream or TCM, you know, yeah, yeah, Texas chainsaw that, that, suits. Yeah, no, it, it suits works. the character. But in certain ones, and it is an undistinguished kind of part of horror that many people don't always play into the fact that the lack of movement like your boy Michael Myers in yeah. the original Halloween the minuscule amount of movement the lack of actually seeming like you're really even trying yeah can also because can be as equally terrifying well it plays it's a character choice man like with Michael Myers is he's a stalker and the thing with with Jerry Dandridge is how how long has he been alive for how yeah. many people has he killed like he is He's playing with his food. You know what I mean? Yeah, he doesn't yeah. need... He don't need to chase you because he can just appear. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Fly into a bat. He just I was going to say, and as we, yeah, as we find out more later, he can he can change his form anyway. So yeah. he's he's good for, like, getting about. <laughs> yeah, but that... I mean, I, the reason why I mention it is because after that is where we get... Um, we get... Uh, Charlie calls the police officer. Yeah. And they go to the house and they're like, Mr. Dandridge is away on business. Um, I felt that this this whole setup between um, uh, Billy Cole, his 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 dude he lives with. We'll just, we'll just yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah. It's not clearly defined. No. Dude he well, lives with, babes with, There's, there's that one scene, isn't there? There's, there's that, that, one one, that one scene that I, like, I didn't even really think Which one are you thinking of? The, the one when he's like his hand he's, he's yeah, yeah. yeah when he's uh, on his knees which is like it wasn't until after that I read about I thought that was a really odd scene and then I read after that the director had asked him to get down on his knees yeah and he was added like as, as if then he, he was, was like, pushing oh. for that over yeah yeah I didn't get that <laughs> I got it when there was a um, there, there was a moment I think when they come to check that Jerry's a vampire yeah and he's hugging him and he's leaning over him, and I was like, "Oh, they're fucking yeah, <laughs> you know? dudes living with dudes in the eighties, yeah, yeah. you know." Um, <laughs> but I love the scene where he comes over, and the reason why I said it, I, it feels very Salem's Lot mm. that relationship they have. I'm reading it at the moment, <laughs> and you've got like you know you've got the housekeeper who does stuff, and then you've got Mister Barlow who's like out during during the evening, and they're always saying, "Oh, Mister Barlow is you know he's out on business." And I, I, I love that setup. But the great thing about that is I read that originally Billy was supposed to be almost like like a lumbering kind of like oaf. Yeah. But instead, um, the actor who played him decided, well, instead of being like really serious in this film, I'm just going to have fun with it and be like really funny. And the re- I've, I think th- that was such a good choice because it goes from being a scene that could have been like, well, you've got like... A, a real straight character in this only only in name um and then you've got you know it, it would be a bit too serious but because he's he's laughing with it and he, it's a bit campy we then get this scene where the detective then starts laughing mm-hmm. and i got to this point where i was like imagine if you called up someone and you're like my neighbor's killing people yeah. you went around with the police officer and then they him and the accomplice both started roasting you <laughs> in front of each other it was just such a funny scene and i was like fuck like this is 
this is the point where people are like, Charlie, you're actually, you're fucking nuts, man. Yeah. Well, from our, our, our reading about it, Tom Holland, the director, it says came from a very theatre-based background. Yeah. So they did a whole, like, two-week theatre camping, which they don't do for horror. No, they you don't know, really, they do, don't that, really do, that. do that for, like, you know, like a little boot camp or things like that, or a little theatre camp, you know. They do that for dramas and things yeah. like that. They'll do that for certain dramas. Certain directors and stuff will do that more for those kind of films. But they won't do it for a horror film. But he no. did this in that very approach, which I think is what is really added to the characters here. Yeah. Because um, in obviously in those kind of theatre plays, you have lots of time to kind of play with the characters and mess about with it. Whereas in film, it tends to be basically, oh, you're doing this role. Oh, can you fill into this role? We, or you do this we last got minute. two weeks to film. Yeah, yeah. You've got to, you know, you're basically spending the time learning the lines, and then you're like, oh shit, yeah. I've got to do this now. So they actually had time to kind of play with the characters before, and like a lot of them, it's like we've only got this a lot of time, we've got you for this time, you need to get on with yeah. it and get, you know, we need to get straight out to set so you ain't got time to talk to anyone, you know, yeah, just you do your fucking role, get your lines out and let's go next yeah. Um So the idea that they got that is, it does give me a lot of, like, I, like idea of why they've managed to play so much. There's lots of stuff online with Chris Sarandon about how he said about you know about how he he really wanted to kind of develop the character a bit more and kind of delve into kind of more of that kind of why would he be doing this and yeah. what would be that character and as we've already talked about quite a bit about his character you know it's really clearly there like what he's kind of laid into it that he's yeah. kind of built this kind of character and you can almost tell that there's more to him and more in depth you know like as if he's got his whole backstory in his mind so that he knows yeah. what he's done he knows why he is a sexual man <laughs> he is a sexual man yeah yeah but, so but they, they try and bring in the the idea that uh, which is a it's it's proper old school Dracula, and it's a throwback to that pulpy you know forties fifties. Is oh like you know Charlie Brewster's girlfriend looks like the long lost love yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of you know Jerry Dandridge. Yeah, I was gonna say I read about that. I don't think like I, I can see it. I'm like thinking about the way that Amy's character yeah. goes and what happens to her in that scene in the club when they're together. That yeah. sexually charged kind of yeah. But I can't. Uh, but I didn't really pick up on the whole long lost love well, or any of that. But it's it's, it's more in the subtext. Again, it's a subtext. There's a lot yeah. of subtext, which is again for this kind of movie, it's not where you expect to see no. a lot of subject. You expect it to be a lot of style over substance. You expect to be, and, and I think that it is what raises this film. I expected it to literally just be, you know, just like the just as shallow as the the song that plays at the end of this film yeah fright night <laughs> whatever it is fright yeah. night it's all right like the lyrics the lyrics are like dog shit yeah like, <laughs> not that it's not catchy it's been stuck in my head all day but it's it, the lyrics yeah. are the most basic bubble of, like, gum pop what rhymes with fright <laughs> yeah. right night light <laughs> look yeah stay out the light it's yeah. just like yeah I expected that level of like that's what I expect from this kind of thing. but no there, there is actually a lot of extra depth that, that's kind of in there even even down to special needs Ed, Ed even Ed, Ed. <laughs> yeah evil Ed um, yeah that, and that was the scene to come back around to that for earlier um, that scene when he comes in with evil Ed to help him basically work out what the hell's going on like, yeah. evil Ed's the expert again it's not something that's explicitly like really thrown out like as if Evil Ed is the basically no. just thrown out that Evil Ed's a bit of an oddball and he'd be just, the one to do this clip. Yeah. They don't really like um, play up to the fact it's not one of those where we get a lot of exposition where it's like oh no Evil Ed knows all of this about them and he reads all of this not really played in there. But... Charlie you watch these films. Yeah yeah that, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> like yeah, he, yeah he watches them as well so 
Um, you know that he watches a lot of films, but that's about it. And so, but I kind of like the fact that it's not. I, it's, it's, it's sometimes it is like a lot of these films feel far too much that they've got to explain the mythical side of it. They've yeah. got to explain exposition of why does this character know this? Why does go? Yeah. Whereas I don't know why, but you're you're just going with it. Like okay, yeah, fine. Evil is the thing. He seems like the character that I'd expect you to do in a long exposition <laughs> where you say why he knows all of this stuff because he reads this and that and that. And yeah. That. But they don't feel the need to really push that scene in there. Instead, they just have him do his fucking annoying cackle yeah. and laugh in your face. And just like, say, this is how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, he does that. That that was that scene where I was like, I also picked up like, because it feels like he comes in like Charlie's like almost threatening him that you get the idea that, wait, you've, we've only seen you guys together like your best friends. And like, right now it feels like actually you're not best friends. And like, yeah. Because you, you're acting like Charlie's about to beat you up because what you're given... You're taking the money off of him, and it's like, well, that, this doesn't suddenly seem like friends. It seems like you're you are literally the kid that annoys the shit out of him. But and for some reason, them. you're constantly around each other. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't really get the, uh, the even Amy sometimes acts like she's like, like oh yeah, it's just Evil Ed, and then sometimes she's like, he's the weird kid. Like he's yeah, like, why are we with this dude? Can never get like a, an angle on it, kind of thing. Even when he walks off, you know, in his scene yeah. later, when he walks off like without them, kind of thing, it kind of seems a bit like. Or he has no social context at all. Yeah. He is the odd outsider. He, he is the person who doesn't understand social norms in that kind of way. And that's why I think he's a bit sympathetic. Yeah. Because I he... Can, I saw it the same yeah. The <laughs> same, yeah. It's one, it's one of... The, for me, he's one of those characters where you, you're like, ah, oh, this fucking dude. And then you're like, oh no, this dude. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Evil Ed. Please yeah. forgive her. Like, you imagine him like ascending to heaven and you're yeah. like we were we were we were too harsh to this boy you know <laughs> like that kind of thing like yeah. now mankind is doomed evil ed was sent to test us and we bullied and <laughs> killed him because it's disgusting yeah. and now god is angry with us you know you, that you yeah you literally do feel like actually now i can see it, even though it's not shown like again it's like is there you start to get this odd like layer where you're like actually you can almost see the little trails of the idea that this is a kid who's really actually been treated pretty shitly or yeah. poorly or you know or you don't really get what his life is like or things like that is you do get lots of these little threads that start to appear that you're like oh actually you you are an annoying kid but I'm starting to get maybe why you're an annoying yeah. kid why you're you've got this odd mix between like you're you're clever but you're also extremely attention seeking yeah and, but you also have no social understanding at no. all like nobody really raised you or like we don't yeah. get any context of family we see his room that's all we see yeah and I can never even tell because half the time it looks like it was an apartment room <laughs> it didn't yeah. look like it was actually in a house it looked like he'd run into it came into an apartment and I was yeah. like is evil head like living by himself like, <laughs> like as a teen I was like I don't child of neglect maybe yeah, trying to get that thing because yeah, th- there was a long trail with Evil Ed where the first time I watched it, I was like, "Jesus, this guy can't act for shit." And then I was like, "There's some odd choices going on here." Yeah. And then by the time he becomes a vampire, it's actually like, okay, weirdly, it's working. Now <laughs> I've, been sw- I've been swindled. <laughs> I've been yeah. swindled into enjoying Evil Ed because now I can hate him because he is meant to be is the bad evil guy. bad yeah. guy now. He is evil. Ed. Yeah. <laughs> he truly has <laughs> become evil. Um, I, but I love the scene where because it, it's the classic thing of vampires you know he's like surround your you know put garlic links around the you know around your windows uh, have a you know gives him a crucifix yeah. and he's like but the, and this is a scene that I absolutely love and the first time I ever watched this it stuck with me because of how well it's done 
just in terms of storytelling, in terms of character, it's that he says to him. Um, but the most important thing to remember is that a vampire can't come into the house unless invited in. And yeah. then the next scene, we see Eve, uh, we see Charlie preparing his room, like his safety. And yeah. then his mum's like, oh, there's somebody downstairs. We go yeah. downstairs, we hear the theme, doom, doom, doom. And Jerry sat there. Yeah. He's one step ahead of him. And he's like, it's amazing because it's so well done. Yeah. It's fucking insane. And he's smoothed the, his mum up. I love the fact he does all that. And at no point does he like, yeah. Think about the fact that his mum will just be like, yeah, come pipe. <laughs> yeah, just come pipe. Where's Jerry Dandridge? Man? Yeah. <laughs> come pipe. But then he, he has all of these moments where, um, you know, she's like, come meet the new neighbour. And he's obviously he's really charming. The mum loves him. And then he just keeps rubbing. Uh, he keeps rubbing his face and he's like, what? Did you think I'd turn up without an invitation? Yeah. And then he's like, well, now he, now your mum's invited me. I think I'll turn up whenever I like. <laughs> Obviously, if your mum's happy. <laughs> like that. And it's just so like, <laughs> it, this is one of the moments where you think, Jerry Dandridge, you are incredibly charming, but you're so fucking evil. Like, yeah. you're what you you knew what he was going to do and you just fucking beat him to it. Yeah. You were just ready for everything. Is this he was stalking and watching, basically, just like yeah, he's gonna yeah. do. I know exactly what you're gonna do, kid. I've done this like he's so done many it before, times. Um, and that does that leads to the confrontation uh, upstairs in the house, in his bedroom, doesn't it? That comes yeah, you know, after that, which is great. Um, well, it is because yeah, you get to see Derry Dandridge in his proper like kind of form for like the for, like the first yeah. time when well, he gets that's... the pencil through the hat. He gets like what I love is the little touches, like he gets the. Like, the pencil goes through his hand, yeah. which obviously hurts him. But at the same time, there's the smoke. Yeah, there's the smoke like a smoke, out. like a burning smoke coming off it. Like, I can't remember what. I'm pretty sure there's... Because the whole room is obviously co- was covered in things like, you know, candles and yeah. all that kind of shit. Um, but yeah, I love, love those little touches. Like, mum's outside and just so fucking slow for the amount of noises that have happened. But... Well, she's asleep, isn't she? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because but... you have that the great scene of, yet again... Jerry just appears in her room yeah. and then he just walks through the house and he walks to Charlie's room. Like he doesn't, there's like no rush about him. He's just like, oh, I'm just fucking going in. Just strolling in. Just strolling. Just piped your mum. Just piped your mum until, piped your mum so much that she's passed out yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to kill you. Like what the fuck? <laughs> and now, and then he, and then he has that moment where like he tries to reason with Charlie. You know, he's yeah. like, you, you know what I am. You know what I can do. I'm not, you know, just leave it. If you, you know, if you let me crack on, I'll leave you to it. And everybody's okay, you yeah. know? And it's, it's. I think it's such a, a <laughs> good I'll come back and I'll pipe your mum. <laughs> yeah, I'll come back and pipe your mum every night. She'll love it. <laughs> and it's just so, it's so good. And then obviously he, Charlie's like, no, stabs him with the pencil and then you see, see a little bit like his vampire kind of his face like change and it does change a little bit little bits at a time like yeah. there's more little changes that occur until his mum's basically like right outside the door and then it's like okay and then he's gone <laughs> yeah yeah. He's gone. boom <laughs> but there's some there's other like moments where Jerry just shows how strong he is where he just like opens the door that's been nailed down with no yeah. problems um, apparently, uh, the actor who played Charlie uh, broke his leg or broke his ankle whilst they were uh, filming, like a later scene or something, or like a scene where he's running down a flight of stairs. So they had to, a lot of the shots. They either had to like make him a special ankle 
kind of like uh, cast yeah. so that they could paint it and make it look like he was wearing a shoe and jeans or they just keep it out of sight and this is one of the rooms one of the uh, scenes apparently apparently uh, Chris Sarandon was like moving him around and he was on like a dolly <laughs> because he couldn't walk and couldn't stand up and it shows like there's just like commitment to it and working around it yeah 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 Instead of just being like, we're going to stop for a while. Yeah, instead of being like, oh, no, we're taking time off. They're just like, no, nah, we'll crack on, man. Yeah, because the, the, the director had said about the fact that they had pretty much like freedom with this film. The studio didn't really interfere at all. Yeah, I read that they... I Actually, really interestingly, so I, I read that the... Um, because, you know, we, we do our thorough research. <laughs> um, so I read that... Uh, <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I read that this was... Um, this was produced by um, a, a company. I can't remember or can't even find what the name of it is now. But I think it was called like Calico or something like that. Um, and it they basically, um, it, was, it was by Columbia, but then there was, I think, somebody else who was involved. And they went, they basically were focusing on... Vistar Films. Vist, no, it's, it's not Vistar Films. Okay. Um, but they were, fo- either way, they, the, the studio were focusing on um, John Travolta's Jamie Lee Curtis film. I think that's the one where they're doing like the aerobics one and they're looking at each other. It's oh, the yeah. only thing I know of that film. I don't know what the plot is. <laughs> I don't know if it was successful. <laughs> I, I feel like it wasn't. I feel like yeah. actually the part of the story is the idea that this one probably turned more of a profit than that one did. Probably. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it was a, I think this is it. It was a, a place called uh, Carol Co. Pictures. Um, and they their blockbuster successes um, with like Rambo, Total Recall, Terminator Two, um, and Stargate, and they were looking at producing a, a direct sequel to Fright Night because they went on to have another sequel. Um, yeah. But then they were looking to get in Tom Holland back in to do one. They were looking to get in um, Chris Sarandon. They were looking to get in the band back together. And then it got put on hold because um, the and this is this is something that I didn't know. I knew about the case, but basically um, the the chairman of uh, Carolco Pictures, uh, Jose Menandez, uh, discussed making Part Night Free. However, him and his wife were then murdered by the sons Lyle and Eric, which was like a big, uh, massive case in America. Yeah. where they claimed somebody had broken in, killed their parents. Turned out they had did it. And I believe... Oh, the... I know that. Yeah. The, uh, what did you say then, last name was? Um, Menendez? Yeah, Menendez. Yeah, I didn't realise that they were film producers. Or yeah, like that. yeah, they were film producers. and I did not know that part of the yeah. story. <laughs> and I believe uh, that the next... Uh, series that uh, I think the Ryan Dharma, Murphy yeah, Dharma. that Dharma is the sequel to Monster yeah. or whatever it was or the, Monster Dharma or whatever it was. yeah I think it was the, Dharma, next one Dharma, is the, but the next one's got to be the Menendez brothers yeah and I didn't I didn't realise that that had happened like this was connected to it and it stopped the sequel no I didn't know it was connected I've, I've heard of it but I didn't know yeah I didn't know that connection between the film company and uh, I didn't even know the Menendez had anything to do with like they didn't Warby. do a, they've, pr- they've already done like a Menendez murder of a series yeah uh, but i think it, it, it was more on the court case and the yeah. people in the 
like the prosecution side more than their brothers themselves. Yeah. Whereas I think the new one will be more about the brothers. Because I heard that the brothers claimed that they were like sexually abused by Jose Menendez and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it'd be interesting, but I didn't. I didn't realize it was there was some kind of connection to uh, to Tom Holland. And, and yeah. <laughs> the links that you get in life, man. Um, but going back yeah, to very interesting thing, <laughs> yeah. which I cannot stop every time is that uh, then he went on to be Spider-Man then he went on to be Spider-Man <laughs> I can't stop like every time you hear Tom Holland it's just like he's everywhere nowadays so he it's is, like to be fair. The, the difference Tom Holland yeah, if you've been sat here this whole time being like why the fuck is Spider-Man doing yeah, how was Spider-Man isn't he like 12 years yeah. old he's <laughs> done a film <laughs> um, and then I think after that we then get a great scene where they, they hire Peter Vincent and another kind of element I love to the Peter Vincent character is that he's ba- he, you know he's basically like a hack he's yeah. he is like in my mind he is where Peter, where uh, Vincent price like if he'd have uh, this I can't say this without being really insulting to Vincent price and I don't mean it he's a king um, but <laughs> almost like if he'd of just done that if he'd have had one good film and then just done that same character yeah, for the yeah. rest of his life you know he's like well, that I think I think that Vincent Price kind of did become that the Vincent he became Price, it but I think that's why this is so based on because Vincent Price did some great horror and was such a master of horror and such an you know, inspiration for many within like his his character and his style and to this day yeah. people are still people that stylize themselves on his voice and his characterizations and stuff like that. you know Tim Burton basically made a career out of them yeah <laughs> um, but um, but there was you know there is the idea that also he did kind of become a away from this kind of actor thing and became almost more of a promotional tool. Yeah, he did become an actor by the end. You know, what I mean, he was quite often just used for things, or his face was plastered on things, or he kind of became one of the first, like, truly like marketable horror icon. Like, yeah, the people know, like, they think horror, they think Vincent Price, but not always necessary for the right reasons. Sometimes, sometimes it is because he was this kind of, you know, he he was playing this character who was seemed really scary, but he wasn't really scary, and that kind of plays here with you know Peter Vincent and Roddy McDowell's character is that yeah. he's. He is, you know, he is this kind of cowardly character. He's a husband. Yeah, you know? he's he's completely. He's exactly what you expect to to see from basically someone who is like a a TV star known for doing that kind of thing, and then so it's like, oh, I meant it. You think I actually know what I'm doing here? Yeah. <laughs> you think I actually know how to fight vampires? I couldn't even hold the stick right in my own. Throat. Yeah, you yeah. He's I mean? like this, like just fucking washed up dude. He's just like. It's nice that you get that opening with his kind of character because you already get a sense of who he is. And it also means that when he pops it back up again about half an hour later, you're like, okay, oh, we saw that guy earlier. You know, he already seems a bit like a hack. You know, he's just the presenter of a TV show. Why do you think that he is? And it does kind of play into that kind of nostalgia of being a kid and believing that your star, you know, that your celebrities and stars are actually... You know, it's like it's like the belief that you know that Vin Diesel is actually a kick-ass driver, <laughs> yeah. or when... Steven Seagal is like a a master. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he's probably going to come for me now. Yeah, <laughs> I think I could I could take know, it. 
you know, that he is a master. I believe he does have karate and stuff like that. But also at the same time, if you if you see them outside of the film, it looks like more like they're a master of Taco Bell. Yeah, than a master of anything else. Definitely. <laughs> but it is. It's like it's like. Do you remember when you were? And this will be this will probably be massively disrespectful as well, um, because he was he was a great martial artist. But do you remember like when we were young and everybody was on about Bruce Lee? Yeah, everybody yeah. was like, oh, he was like, you know, he was his boy. I remember hearing one that he he was <laughs> he was uh, he faked his death so he could go uh, undercover for like the Chinese government or something. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, well, Bruce, this is Bruce Lee, like one of the most recognizable people on the planet. Yeah. He's not going to go undercover. The second was that. His body was so pure that he took an aspirin, and the chemicals killed him. Uh, and but you know what I mean? Like you hear, yeah, you hear yeah. all of these stories. Like, oh yeah, like oh, Bruce Lee could kill, like beat any man on the planet. I know, yeah, yeah. I know. Tarantino leaned into it with um, Once Upon, Upon a Time, Time in Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. But you have that thing, like you're saying, like oh, Arnold, like I grew up watching Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I was like. Yeah, he's the fucking Terminator. Like, he can do whatever he wants, you know what I mean? And you believe that these heroes that you grew up watching are legit like that. Well, except Arnie can probably squash your head. Of course he could, it's Arnie. (laughs) (laughs) It's Arnie, he's he's the Terminator. You can't fake those muscles. You can't fake those muscles. But Vin Diesel's a great example. Or Steven Seagal, you know what I mean, like... Well, no, it is. Yeah, the 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 myth the the myth that comes around these actors, the 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 way that you idolize them, like they are, you know, and uh, you know, I think more than ever, certain people who we idolize. The best example, <laughs> the best example of this, and this is this is our. Uh, I think I know who you're gonna say. <laughs> you go for it, and I'll say. <laughs> it's a certain. Uh, it's a certain disgraced uh, British Australian. Oh, um, okay. I was yeah, I was almost there. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe you'll tell us your answers, but basically, it's, uh, the other day me and Charlotte were going through so Glastonbury Festival, which if you're international, you might not know it, but it is a pretty well known festival around the world. And me and Rob have been a few times, and I've been several. And I was like going back through, going, which ones will I actually go through and listen them off and look at them? And then I got to the year when me me you and our friend Joe went to shout out Joe just went to Glastonbury. And um, one of the biggest acts, the one we were most excited to see oh, the whole yeah. weekend, and literally the whole weekend was talking about, oh yeah, it's didgeridoo. And <laughs> yeah. It was like, you, you definitely ride that. Like yeah. there, there were lots of things and we were so excited. Um, and now it feels so tainted, but he, it's because he was such a pristine yeah. like, icon of like British television and also seemed like the nicest, perfect, most lovely guy yeah. in the world. Much more than... Uh, than, than Jimmy Savile I was going to mention like Jimmy creep. I was Jimmy Savile I thought always seemed like a, I never idolised Jimmy Savile but Rolf Harris however yeah. you know he was literally he was the guy that was like on TV every day <laughs> petting animals and looking after them and telling you how to be a good boy and can you guess what it is yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we can we, we, about, we do know it's 15 know years in prison <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but that is just it was reflected on that girl oh, some memories do age terribly and that one was like the fact that I'm fairly certain we were stood in the field going we look at close. our didgeridoo yeah we were close and he was probably there going 
We were probably Temptation. too old. <laughs> we were too old, man. We probably were too old. But, you know, we were we were young and supple, and I'm pretty sure Joe had his top off. So most Joe of the time did. we did. So. And he had the body of a 15 year old boy. He did. <laughs> it fully appealed. He did. So, you know, it, it was definitely a, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. It like... Uh, on reflection, and yes, I'm sure I'm sure everyone now has one of those from things that have come to light yeah. in the last ten years for many different people in different areas. I'm sure there's everyone's got at least one like Rolf Harrisy kind of. Rolf oh, no, but... and if you haven't, you're probably going to. Let's yeah. be honest, man. If it hasn't happened to you yet, <laughs> it's coming. Find your favorite pair, Tom time's Hanks. Up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, t- time's up. You know, time's up, man. Ah. Um, <laughs> I would say, I would say, no, there's no chance in hell Tom Hanks is that, but. Again, that's a Rob Harris. Like yeah, he's the perfect, perfect like a good lad. <laughs> um, but go, go back to the uh, to the film. <laughs> that was a nice tangent. Um, and, tangent. And talk, well, talking about grown men and little boys. The um, <laughs> the scene where um, I was going to say the scene where Jerry takes Evil Ed, but no, <laughs> the scene where he makes evil ed a vampire yeah um, it's that is the point for me where evil ed kind of makes the jump into being a bit sympathetic because we have that whole thing where we go you know they split up they go down this like dark alley that's covered in smoke and fucking mist and shit yeah, and he yeah. pretends that he's been bitten and we're like evil ed shaking our finger at him and then he actually gets cornered. Yeah. And yeah. Jerry, smooth as fuck, walks out of the mist and he's like, You don't need to be afraid anymore, man. You don't need to be bullied anymore. They're not gonna bully you. Yeah. And that is the point where I was like Jerry yeah. Dandridge knows something more than we actually even know. We do. He 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 could sense people's weaknesses, you know. And Ed was probably being bullied. Yeah. And Ed is like he's that like you said, he's that kid at school who who's so loud and trying so desperately to fit in that you are really bad to him. And then, like, ten years later, you're oh, yeah. like, oh, why was I so horrible to that kid? To, to go into, like, like as a, as a teacher, literally, I, I can swear to God to you, the, the, the well-known thing is that, basically, all of the kids that play up in class, and you normally find that at home, their life is shit. Yeah. That is why they are over, so over the top. You know, he's actually quite a good representative of certain, certain ones and certain kids that even I know, where it's literally like, they play up and they act up because their life is just at home. It's just, they need to be heard. Yeah. Like, by other people, by friends at school, things like that. They need to play up because at home, it's just like, there's none of that. There's none of there's that nothing. kind of joy or there's no like love. It's in shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no love. There's no thing. Or or it's the opposite of they are so like, they are so like beaten down kind of thing. Not not literally, but you know, they're so like pushed, like boxed in by their yeah. parent. They need an outlet to kind of let it out because they're so like, can't do a thing. Can't do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I was going to say, when I, when I kind of reflected with Evil Ed, I, I started to be like, oh yeah. You can say, and I like the fact that again, we don't have to. Over, there's only little subtle hints, including Jerry Dandridge, obviously being able to. And again, we we don't even have to have that extra. Like, there's no real explanation about exactly what Jerry Dandridge yeah. can do or his abilities. We don't need to have that whole scene of I can do this and I can do that, yeah. which again is nice. But we get the idea that whether it's him just being so perceptive. So it's, a, it's either a grounded thing like perception or there could be a more supernatural thing like he's literally able to like, you know, read yeah. into them, read minds. 
We have no idea, but all we know is that Jerry Dandridge has got something that actually the audience hasn't been told until yeah. now when he's about to kill him. So it gives you that empathetic kind of line to like, oh, and now you're about to die. And then we hear the scream. Yeah. Which is another like kind of, a, and this time it's like, oh, I'm sure they're just messing around. Charlie's not so sure. Amy's like, no, he's just, nah, he's he's just, he's he's just being Ed again. He's just being evil again. Um, but yeah, it, it, you, you do kind of feel a little bit and you feel more as it goes on later with him. Um, and then, yeah, because all that's was it? Is that? I mean, that's the shortly after that. It might even be the next scene is where Ed goes to uh, Peter Peter Vincent, Vincent. yeah, and then attacks him. And yeah, because he'd already been to his apartment with Amy earlier to persuade him to help Charlie. um, Because obviously Peter Vincent had already kind of. well, we get the we get the uh, we we just skipped it completely. We skipped the the whole going into the which house. Is, with yeah, the, which is great. They were trying to. They went with the Charlie thought they were coming to help him when actually they were coming to be like. The, you need to come. We, we need to show you that this isn't real. So here you go. He's got holy water and he's like drink it and whatever. And Peter Vince is like it's not actually holy. Just, which is just great the child, because before he's like you know he's on the phone and he's like well actually you know I'm a born again Christian so. I, I'm not going to be touching crosses or drinking holy water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just shows that, like, Jerry knows that these people think he's nuts and they're just doing it to humour him. Yeah. And you would if, like, if, if like, let's say you're telling me that your neighbour's, like, a fucking vampire and then, like, Charlotte's like, all right, we need to, you know, we need to get Seb back. And I call <laughs> your neighbour and he's like, actually, Rob, like... I'm I'm a born again Christian, so I it's a bit taste you know it's a bit tacky and it's a bit tasteless for me to touch a cross or to do anything with holy water, and I'm like yeah obviously you're not a vampire they don't exist like that's fine don't worry about it I'm not gonna be like oh he's a vampire so yeah. it's so good that that whole scene and Peter Vincent has his like Van Helsing hat on he's acting you know yeah, yeah. and the whole point the whole build up is is it really holy water is it not. You know, Jerry's like unsure. They tell him he isn't. And then as they go out, Peter Vincent's like, I'm going to check my little fucking mirror. Clocks, there's no reflection. And yeah. You're like, that's oh, such a cool such, such a cool scene. Such a cool scene, yeah. Although now I can't think about the fact that I'm just like, if I think that someone's a vampire, I feel like all of this will happen far too late. I'm already like chiseling my way into someone's <laughs> yeah, chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already like killing someone next door. I mean, like, he's a vampire. It's and like, then they're dragging you away. Like, you murdered him. I was like, no, I stopped a vampire. <laughs> I saved him. And I saved you all. And then you'd message me. You wouldn't be like, oh, I think this guy's a vampire. You'd message me like, I killed a vampire. Like, oh, no. <laughs> send, you a, yeah. send you a selfie next to his dead body. Like, ah, I killed him. I killed him. And I'm just like, Seb, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I was going to say at that point when you tried to tell me he's not a vampire I'm like well then you must be a you vampire must, yeah, you must turn up in mind <laughs> I will get my steak out yeah. I'll be in 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> special delivery from Miller and Carter I've got a steak for you <laughs> <laughs> just murdered live on the podcast don't forget to subscribe don't forget to review <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so yeah, so that, that scene's really cool, and obviously that's when Peter Vincent truly shows who he is, because the second he realises it is all true, he just fucking goes he to bolts. Leggett. He's that. like, I'm out of here, I'm gone, and then, yeah, obviously later on we come back to... Ed comes. Ed's been then turned after they've left that, because I, I, I don't know why it keeps really... That, that scene, that's the perfect like, scene, again, to show that Ed's not completely right. Like, his social thing, like, 
Because they go to like say, they say that they're going to take Amy back, and then Ed's like, "I'm going off," and he, he's like, he's "No, not before going. we take Amy back." And he just makes his like little cackling laugh, like he doesn't understand what's going on. Like, yeah. what do you mean? I don't walk people home. <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. What do you like, mean, women's safety? What do you <laughs> yeah. mean? Ah, it's like, yeah, they're like, we need to stay together for safety. It's like, what the fuck are you all about? Yeah, on. I'm going. I, I understand that <laughs> to Ed, nothing actually bad is happening because he doesn't believe it. He but, does understand it, yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, you get that bit when Evil Ed appears and obviously we. The, it's very cool because uh, you get to one, see just how cowardly like Peter Vincent is. But, yeah that he has such, like, movie memorabilia bits around his house that it literally is what kind of saves his life yeah. from Evil Ed trying to take it out. Because, again, when Evil Ed is the in this, like, vam- vampiric form is when he actually, suddenly that over-the-topness suddenly really, really works. Yeah. Um, so he's, like, laughing and thing and enjoying all these moments with the added little extra layer of, like, evil that, like, yeah. I'm coming here to basically kill you add something to it it suddenly makes his like odd character work um but is that because it seems like again though all the evil ed gets is pain yeah all he gets is basically just beaten and trashed around he he never really gets to succeed at anything no of course he doesn't kill anyone i don't think does he no he gets what happens is he (laughs) goes to ambush peter vincent and then he gets battered. He's like, I become to the face. Yeah, he's like, I become, oh, I become a vampire. Like, I'm a creature of the night. I'm invincible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, within like five minutes, I'm now horrendously scarred for yeah. my for old the rest man of my has life. beaten your ass. An old man's beat the shit. Out of me. <laughs> Rolf out. <Harris. laughs> <laughs> An old man's beat the shit out of me, and then I'm dying horribly. Like this has not been my night. <laughs> I mean, again, it looks it looks so cool. He goes into like proper vampire form when yeah. the cross burns into his head, and you've got that quite like iconic shot of him with like the cross burnt scarred properly yeah. deep into his head you know and he, he's like literally screaming crying like and he basically just runs off and jumps like, out the, the window the master's gonna kill you yeah yeah he's slow. literally suddenly seems oh, like so a, slow he suddenly yeah. seems like a proper like like you know low grade like golem kind he of he falls into character, that you know, fraud that, yeah. character doesn't he he point. does like an a, ass sucking like fucking <laughs> shit feeding vampire you know yeah um and you, I think around now is also when you get the uh, the club seat. I think they're kind of back to back. Yeah, they are. That kind of so you know to kind of like go for it. Yes, there's like we've already said about that. He just seems to blend in. You know, Jerry Dandridge just seems to be like perfectly. You don't even necessarily spot him. At I love he takes he the appears. he takes the jacket off to go into the club. Yeah, he, and he's, he's rocking that, like that grey sweater. He's looking like a snack. You know, I was going to say yeah. Well, he has several like. Later, later when he's in the house he's got like a proper like tight white tee on yeah and it's like, like full, uh, full arm length but he's there just like I'm fucking you know this is good <laughs> he's just like you this is you fucking want this. good man you want it um, but yeah no like the proper sexual charge scene of uh, of him and Amy and kind of in dancing and her kind of getting pulled in by the allure of him the second she actually sees him you see her eyes like light up so yeah. again it kind of plays as that idea that he's got a I don't know, a pheromone or a, like something yeah. that's kind of giving it. It's not just pure that it's just like, I mean, but at the same time, I'd also just believe it. She's just like, 
well, Charlie, look at Charlie, and then look at this. Yeah, yeah, look at this man. Right, and he seems to be interested in me. So, you know, you could tell why a woman, like, if you were yeah. if you were in the club and you and Anna were in the club and then suddenly Jerry Dandridge walks in, you'd be I like, don't blame her. It's like, ah, you, could, you can bang him. I'd be, like, I'd be trying to bang him. First, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I mean, back off, bitch. He's mine. Like, he's, got, he's just seductive. Punch her straight in the face. <laughs> he's he's mine. Yeah. And she, and, but that scene is great because it's like, it, it's this, like I was saying, it's it's a update and it's a modern version of, you know, this whole vampire seduction. Yeah. Because I know this is a film that will probably, because I think it's on the list as well. So this will cause a fracture at a civil war within, within a CMTH. But it's, you know, within in Dracula, you get the scene where they're like stood on other sides of the street and you all you always get a kind of seduction thing, yeah. you know, f- scene within these vampire films. However, this is this is taking it into something that at the time was contemporary and was modern. You know, mm. we're we're in the club, you know, to quote Fifty Cent, um, and we're you know, it's that whole thing of like. Yeah, the more bringing of, it up to more date. of the, the yeah the dance or the whole dirty dance, the dirty dancing, you know, yeah, that kind of yeah playing with that is quite yeah it's it's played quite quite nicely. It plays out you know it feels it felt like it played out for like quite a while, but it, it yeah. felt like they're really like playing with each other and she's kind of like moving around him and I can't actually remember what's Charlie doing at this. Charlie's point? on the phone to the police. I thought he was doing something like this. He's, he's just beating like, off. He's, just, yeah. he's in the cuck chair, just watching. It's just more like, yeah, it was in my head. I was like, again, it shows, it does show that, to be honest, that Charlie doesn't really deserve Amy anyway, no. to be honest. Because literally it's like, I have to walk with you. I must protect you. No, don't go, evil Ed. Ah, we're in a club. Look at this big space with lots of people and you can yeah. be taken at any point. Lots of dark shadows and corners. Right, I'm gonna go tame folk. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go first. <laughs> right, it's like fuck you. I care yeah. about I care about evil Ed being yeah, 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 I've walked you into the club, <laughs> and you'll be fine. You know, it's literally <laughs> like you know, it literally feels like a, he, ah, there's loads of people here. There's no chat. I yeah. guess that's his thinking. But Nothing bad it? ever happens in a club. Yeah, does none it? of that ever happens. It's not like this is kind of dark, flashing lights, so it could go down quickly. You know what I mean? No, yeah, nothing bad ever. Everyone's happens. welcome to come in. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it was not like you're gonna be taken off by some gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Of a vampire. <laughs> yeah, but that's that scene is great because it like it, it is quite drawn out, and you have the whole like it's that classic thing of he, she is the reincarnation of his long lost love. Um, yeah, and yeah, which again, I didn't get, I didn't get that at all. I don't know if, it, if did they say a dialogue line about it? like I no. That's what I mean. So I didn't really get the it's something that's vague. I got like a, like a closeness about them and the way that he like dresses her. Obviously, when he takes her. yeah. Um, there was there was a little bit of a like uh, as if there's an odd connection here, but yeah, yeah I didn't really think it's of, not massively. I didn't up, think of the honest. old uh, long lost love kind of Imhotep kind of. No. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not massively played up. All we see is like a picture, and there might be a line or two of dialogue, but it's to be honest, it's not. It makes sense for up. why she looks so different when she's changed. Like yeah, so it's like. As if like she's almost been like both changed but also like possessed by something else. Yeah. Because she just is her form changes so much when she yeah. becomes a vampire. I was a bit like I was even trying to be like, Are you the same actress or have they changed you? Like yeah. I wasn't sure if it was the same actress at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, I can see you under there. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's also a scene where Jerry just bodies two people in the club. Oh yeah, back, got, yeah starts swinging and slices one guy's neck straight yeah. open. And then just chucks another one around. Yeah. 
And then he's just kind of gone. It's like, ah, nothing happened. Yeah, nothing <laughs> happened. It's fine. <laughs> that actually reminds me, though, actually, why I'm on the Amy situation is uh, there is, I feel like maybe it is done for a reason, but I will say that at the start of the film, it also kind of annoyed me for about the first half until she gets to this point when she seems much more sexualized obviously yeah. in the club. Um, but before that, for about the first couple of scenes she's in, I, I was really thrown off by her fucking hair. I was like, one, I was like, I'm pretty sure you're closer to maybe like a late 20s, 30-year-old woman. Really? But, like, I think she, I felt like she was like at least mid-20s. So she wasn't like, she wasn't a teenager, teenager. See, I thought she was a teenager, teenager. Because yeah. there's the scene, you know, where um, it's it's basically the scene after, so it's, it's, it's all right to kind of jump to it, where... You know, they have like the the fucking scene. Yeah, yeah. And my thing was like, I thought she looked 16, 17. I thought she looked around Charlie's age. Mm. And then Chris Sarandon, or Jerry's character, is clearly like late 30s. And, you know, they're, they're being like a real romantic kind of thing. Like, the you know, they're lying on the sheets. But all I was thinking was, was like, this is a scene that's aged kind of bad you know <laughs> like seeing like a, a nearly 40 year old dude romancing like a 16 year old 17 year old it's one of those things where now you're like mm. yeah so she would have been 26 years old when she filmed how old would she have <laughs> she's supposed to be at school yeah 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 so, so she obviously, obviously she would have been legal I'm not, that, I'm not suggesting I know, I'm not saying she was 18 fuck. but yeah as I said like I felt like she looked like she was close to 30 because of the scene she does later Amazing. Yeah. But my, no, my my problem is the fact that for some reason to almost de-age her or unsexualize her, they put her in the least flattering thing to basically make her look like a little girl, which is by doing those weird fucking pigtaily things yeah. in her hair. Which I just thought I was like, you look fucking. It looks like you're. It looks like they're trying to make you look like a toddler. It's a little like, weird, it, isn't it? it? It's really. I found it really weird. The hairstyle choice, the first couple of scenes when she has those weird pigtails, and it's all over the place, and it literally just reminded you of like what a little toddler looks like when they yeah. put their hair. And like it's just like. I feel like they're trying to like make you look so like innocent. Well, that's I think point. that's it. You know what I mean? They're trying to really almost make you asexual. Yeah. But it doesn't completely because they they also have her with a like bra out like yeah. within the first couple of minutes. But uh, like, but the work about this almost meant to make her seem so innocent. Like, like that was their the way. How do we make you look innocent? We'll make you look like a baby or yeah. like, <laughs> by doing little pigtails in your hair. Which I was like, who the hell ever dressed like you know? I don't know anyone who would have dressed like. And that doesn't look to me like it was even a style. It looks like <laughs> it's it was just like, yeah. an odd choice. By that's them. the most yeah. innocent thing. So when she has that in the first few scenes, and then. She actually finally has them out, and she just has normal just hair, which yeah. doesn't change her hair almost at all. It just she hasn't got weird freaking bows in her hair. Anymore. It just makes yeah, it makes it look a bit more. And normal. then she starts seeing more sense. So I kind of get the progression, but I could I did get quite distracted. I was like, there's something re- weirdly just off-putting about a, a woman who seems like a you know a, yeah, a teenager or a grown woman who for some reason has weird baby pigtails in there <laughs> it is a bit weird it was an odd it was an odd style choice I understand the idea I but... guess because of the age like it's not I, I think it's not uncommon for like people that age to play teenagers in horror movies you know yeah. we know that um, but I think Evil Ed and uh, Charlie they kind of look that age especially Evil Ed yeah. Um, they both they both look like teenagers. The the actor for um uh, yeah that's it William Ragsdale he gave me a real like yeah George McFly really kind of vibe. Look, yeah, as well, he did look know? really. I think he's 
what would that be? Twenty about twenty three when he did. Yeah. Which again is very it's it's is very very common for them to be that kind of age when they do those yeah. kind of things. In fact, it's evil Ed was the youngest, and I can kind of get that because he did look quite young. Yeah, he, he did. Quite, he looked like a baby. Like yeah, he did. <laughs> like yeah, he would have only been about twenty when he did the role. So which you know, is still it's, quite young when you actually think about it. Yeah, and and normally you know there's never any you know if you look at any teen drama. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you look at what's the one that's still going like uh, what is it Riverdale? Riverdale. They're all like thirty five. <laughs> yeah, they're like forty. By the time they like they've been at end this year, I swear. By the time they're done, they're going to be like closer to like mid thirties to nearly forty year old. People who are meant to be like teenagers in yeah. high school, or any like literally any other like show that you've watched like like, like nine oh two one zero, and it's like here's that forty year old man. It's yeah. like, oh man, my parents grounded me again. Yeah. Well, he's like got a beer. He's got like a beer gut hanging out, and he literally looks like he's got like arthritis <laughs> and receding hairline. Yeah, exactly. Like, God damn, I can't go to the dance. He <laughs> like, yeah, shouldn't be going. <laughs> too old. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, I totally get those things, but yeah, anyway, I, I can see why, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they definitely, st- I'm not saying they don't seem like teenagers, they do sell the parts well, uh, they do seem like they're still, like, young enough to be, it just, it was that, like, I, and I can even see why she's, like, played up as, like, innocent, to yeah. be, so that later on, when she's more sexualized, it seems more It's the, cor- the that corruption. Yeah, 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 she's been brought yeah. in when she's in her... Her white dress and her, yeah. and she starts to turn when she suddenly has, she has hair extensions. <laughs> yeah, she's a, yeah, like much longer, doesn't it? Blondish hair and blondie brownie hair, and it, yeah, it's all like ch- changing quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of building, obviously, when she's taken and he has to get Peter Vincent to properly help him. Yeah, it's kind of the the last twenty. And then minutes. we're into the third, the third act, act. Um, which is a really good third act, I think. It, it, it is really, it is really good. I did feel like it just went from, um, and, and I do, I really like, and some of the special effects stuff is really cool. Again, the reason Gremlins came to my head is because some of the effects, like when he's like in bat form and stuff, like yeah, that, really reminded me of like one of the Gremlins. But it was. Um, I actually I looked at this earlier. Now I can't. Actually yeah, I can. I can. Richard and um and or something like that. Um, he he did the he did Ghostbusters. Yeah, I already did. And he did Return of the Jedi. And yeah. Like, so he's done a lot of kind of those kind of, and he did a lot of Spielberg kind of ones. Yeah. Um, he has like four Oscars. Oh, wow. um, Richard Edlund. <laughs> that's the one. Richard Edlund. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Industrial Light Magic again, which was used for a lot of uh, early Spielberg stuff, used in Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, Poltergeist as well, which has yeah. some awesome special effects. Um, but yeah, I was I was expecting a very similar like you know like Joe Dante kind of like yeah because I do feel that this film that's what I got a very Joe Dante kind of feel yeah to this. I can I can get that you know that kind of yeah there is that kind of charm that yeah. comes with it while also having that kind of playful darkness that comes with it as well yeah um, I did feel yeah so with the film I, I loved I loved those kind of parts. Although the, there was a little bit of me that did, it did start to feel like they were in that house a long time. And it felt like it went from one little battle to the next little battle to the next little yeah. battle. Because each little battle had a different stage of a different character. So you've got like Evil Ed obviously being in normal form, going up a bit, Pinks and Vincent, and then suddenly he's in wolf form. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, really- I didn't. I didn't actually. I don't think I still didn't quite get. I didn't realize that that was even going to was an option for the film. I was like, oh, where's that come from? Yeah, where's well, the wolf? <laughs> I guess they can, can't they? Because in you know Dracula, he has dominion over 
bats and stuff like that. And even yeah. in Dracula, he goes into a wolf. He fucks. He fucks as like a werewolf as well, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. banging, <laughs> banging scene. <laughs> but we'll touch on that when we get to it. Um, but I mean that like. I, I, I get what you mean, but I kind of I quite like the ending. I like the the idea that once they get into the house, it's very much like end game. It's very much that this is where things are ending. We're not gonna have another scene outside of the house. So, for instance, um, we get the scene where uh, he tries to use the cross on Jerry, and he's like, "We have to have faith for that to work." Yeah. Um, although it's weird because the cross worked on Evil Ed. Yeah. But it didn't work on Jerry, so I don't know whether that it's... Is because it because it's Charlie, though? Wasn't it Charlie with the cross at that point? Maybe it was Charlie. I think it was Charlie and Peter Vincent didn't have it at that Maybe, point. maybe I was Peter confusing. Vincent was... Well, he bolts. Yeah, he's he, he bolts, but he's that's why he's off against Evil Ed while yeah. Charlie's trying to get... And I think that's why. I think maybe, it's maybe Charlie I, who maybe doesn't I, have the faith. Yeah, maybe my brain didn't Maybe. Work. I, I, might, be, didn't I might be wrong about that, but I felt like that was... But, but yeah, then. yeah. But again... That's when he's in that, like I said before, that tight white team is coming down the stairs, like he's doing like slow steps down. The yeah, stairs. real sexy, like you know, yeah, like he's doing that proper like gy- like gyrating those hips. Yeah. So he's not, but in your mind, you're in like, your mind, <laughs> in your mind, you're like being off. Um, the evil Ed's death is, I it strikes me as it's. I feel like it's so tragic. Because I d- I did, Evil Ed just fails at whatever he does. Yeah, you know, he, it is constant fail. He can't beat. He can't beat Peter Vincent. He's like chasing him through the holes, and then becomes. A, and even when he's into a wolf form, he, and he should him. be able to overpower him. And yet, yeah, Peter Vincent managed to get the uh, the undertow on him. And yeah, literally impales him with a fricking. <laughs> yeah, and then we see we we see like we see him crawling off as a wolf with. He's impaled. Yeah, and then we see half. Really cool animatronic where they've got yeah. the, the wolf body moving with it in the meat, and you've got the screaming and and um, all because they they don't actually show the transformation into it. No, it's it's so you don't even actually know it's definitely evil Ed until he starts to kind of turn back, which I think yeah. adds a little bit of extra tragicness to it. That you're like he's killed this wolf that was in the house, whatever. You yeah, you, you get an idea that maybe it is Ed, but it's not actually like confirmed. So you're like. No. But yeah, no. The first time I watched it, I was just like, "Oh, thank God that guy's." Yeah. And then, but then the second time I watched it, watching his pain, the suffering, exactly. they long it out. They yeah. fucking long it out, and the, I love that each like each stage you see him morph back, so you see him yeah. as like half wolf, and it looks awesome. And it made me think, oh, imagine if Tom Holland did like a werewolf film. Yeah. You know, like if he did a howling film. Um, well, it does, it makes you, because um, what was it? It said it took like 18 hours for that yeah. makeup to do. But you think about that, 18 hours for like that, for a 20 year old kid who has to sit in the makeup for yeah. 18 hours. When you think about, like, think about that literally your entire day. That's like torture. Yeah. Being stuck in one thing, having prosthetics added just to do the scene where they're then going to like slowly remove it piece by piece that's like 18 hours to do it and that's not even before they've shot it yeah so then you've got to actually shoot it however many hours that takes like that like I do feel like they take it off when people say these things about how long it takes you never really put it into context of to like yeah that's to do that remember that's to get them ready to film (laughs) and then they're going to film it then they're going to and they had to like take part by part apart yeah. in this slow like transformation back into evil Ed. So they had to then remove the parts from him. Fuck knows how long he was fucking no. awake for. But, but like, like, yeah, like that's it. Like 
put into perspective. He was probably in pain for real. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, really, he's like, actually ah! dying. Like, when you actually put it into perspective, like, that would be basically all of your day. That would be you, if you think of what you do in a day, you wake up, yeah. you go to work for fucking eight hours, you come back, and then you, you know, you, you fucking live your life. 18 hours yeah. s- sat there, stood there, just having things put on you. Yeah. And then being like, all right, now go and film for five hours, six hours. And then come back and take it off. You'd probably, you'd be up for at you know, least a yeah, day. You can you tell I said actors when they like take on a certain role and they're like, it's going to be prosthetic. You can tell why certain actors are literally like, you know, or they do it the first time and then by the second film they're like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it unless you find a way to like half the time of that. Yeah. Not. I think I've seen it on several ones. Like I think Jim Carrey said for The Grinch, he literally had to have like, um, he had to have people like from the CIA teach him how to basically be tortured. Yeah. Like what you need to do, like the things you do, like breathing, smoking, uh, you know, having to repeat a song in your head, like things that people who are being tortured have to do for him to get to make it through like the 15 hours or whatever, 12 to 15 hours it took to put the Grinch makeup on for them to then film. He had yeah. to do all those things or, you know, or, uh, another one was, I think was like to, like for like a sequel was like Jennifer Lawrence did Mystique in the first one yeah. and I think it took her like 12 hours and she was like I'm not doing it again unless basically you make me a suit that I can basically Slip zip in. back out of yeah because I'm not fucking doing that again because that was fucking torture and I was like I could like play because like even just the idea of the molds and stuff like basically like here's the clay yeah and just get fucking on face you, on yeah. it we're gonna hold this for like we're gonna hold this in place for like we're gonna hold this in place for about 12 minutes how do I breathe? <laughs> you don't. It's like basically <laughs> hold, hold your breath, breath. cuz you're fucking yeah. doing it. Like well, and then you can know why like like Arnie and Batman and Robin like he why he had to do like all of that stuff. It's like why was he one of the highest paid actors for like one film? It's like yeah cuz he had to sit there and fucking have acid poured in his Yeah. <laughs> I mean I I so two things that I read. One of them was that for Evil Ed's death, they wanted to fill his mouth with something that was supposed to like drip out like saliva. Yeah. Um, and then they filled his mouth with this stuff. Um, and then he was like, oh, it tastes really weird. And then they realised that they put glue in there and, and it had started to shut his mouth. Um, and then Chris Sarandon, for one of the end shots, was in makeup for like 14, 15 hours. Yeah. Finished. And then they were like, oh, actually, we're not going to shoot it today. And he was like, oh, okay. And apparently he, because he he was he he did stage as well, and you can tell because he's a really good actor. Yeah. Um, he he was doing some of the makeup whilst he was being worked on. He was doing the nails because he was like, I can't just sit here for like yeah. fifteen hours. But going back to Evil Ed's death, like the 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 prosthetics of the film, I think are incredible. I think they look yeah. great. The... But it's also his death must last for like two or three minutes it's really uncomfortable yeah you yeah you are sit there as he's river in pain and the transformation which again like i think because of the writhing in pain you almost forget the fact that the amazing transformation that goes on in front yeah. of you like the fact that they're slowly changing it in these like kind of little cut shots yeah but like spliced all together to make that one effect but like as each of it goes and you start to see him really in pain but when you see him like when he actually then finally becomes like ed again and like he's just this little shrimp of a boy you know what I mean and he's just like he's just screaming and in pain and he's sad and you suddenly put into perspective in your head that like this was just a kid in high school 
Yeah. This was just a teenager. And look at all the stupid shit we did as teenagers. Yeah. And it's just like, this is him literally dying because he was forced to be something else. Um, I also say it becomes even more tragic when you find out later that actually this isn't permanent. Because Amy turns back, doesn't she? Yeah. Amy's changed and she turns back. So Ed would have changed back. Yeah, he probably would have, yeah. When when Chris Sarandon... I didn't uh, notice that. Did I, think... I, I, I wasn't sure whether it was Well, I don't know if that night. is the case. Well, it's... Because they say that she'd have turned back if he is destroyed by Sunrise. Mm. And I'm not sure whether this uh, is the because same night or not. Night, you know, it, if he's the night before... Why? Because they go to the club, and then that's when he's like, "We have to get her," and then they go to get. It must be the same night. Then. I don't. I, I don't know if it is because obviously it seems like it's quite long when they're like when like uh, Amy and uh, uh, yeah. Dandridge are like you know doing the the long lost soul bank. Yeah. Um. You know, it seems like that could be a different day that he has to go and get Peter Vincent. I might be wrong. It might be the next day, but. Again, it, it still seems it still seemed like there was a possibility in my head because I didn't quite. It, I don't think it was quite clear enough to be the rules that I was like, when Amy changed back because I thought oh another sad element was the idea that actually Amy's now gone. Yeah, like I thought that was quite. I thought this was going to have a sad. Basically, it was like well, there's not really much hope at the end of this now. No. Is Amy's gone? <laughs> Amy's fucked. Um, she's changed into this wildebeest of a woman, um, you know, and then. They go into him and Peter Vincent go into this one after another, just getting thrown about, caught, um, Dandridge outside of the uh, window, like a really cool shot when he appears outside the window behind like Peter Vincent when they're like looking room yeah. to room, and that he's there awesome. just at the window, just like Pfft. yeah, he's just like he's like a he's just a presence, you yeah. Know? But yeah, you get all of these shots. So you get him in different forms. You get him obviously just in that same vampire kind of face form that we saw him earlier when he was in the house. But then he does start to. And I would imagine the form you were on about before when he really has to change is the one when it's like before he change. Um, there's one when obviously he changes into the bat, but before he changes. Uh, oh no, it's after he changes into the bat is the one. Yeah, it's the very ending one. The way he transforms into the bat is such a cool one. The way they use the shadow. Yeah. So again, like they don't have the effect. Like this is what I think so clever. This is what I really appreciate about the film is the fact that several films at the time probably would have tried to just go for it or show it in a certain way or try to do the prosthetics, yeah. and it would have looked maybe okay. But the way that he changes from like you see him start to kind of fly and then turn into yeah. the bat in the shadow, I was like, I was like, to be fair, like I was like for an eighties film, that's such a clever effect. I think it is, and I think it's. Uh... Yeah, again, it keeps with the, for me, it's like a marrying of the the 80s kind of super practical effects, but also with that still keeping to the almost pulpy 50s roots of it. You know, we don't see his transformation take place. We see the animatronic bat yeah. and how fucking gross and slimy it looks. But we don't necessarily need to see the transformation. We just see him shoot off and he's yeah. back as this thing. But to be fair, we get to see lots of transformation. Because oh, he, yeah. he takes so many different forms. Like, I love when he turns into the bat. And that's one yeah. of the animatronics I really like. Because yeah. if you look at the details on his face, he actually the face looks really like when he was in Vampire Face. Yeah. It looks really like a little... Head well, little dandy. Yeah. yeah. So when he's like screaming on top of Peter Vincent and he's like trying to attack him and bite him and like trying to get into that form. And then obviously... When he's like blasted away because he's like smashed into the wall, yeah. and you get that again, that like green like glow effect when he's like blasted across yeah. the room, which I, again it was just 
they keep kept adding just one extra little layer to like oh, yeah. this is what happens when you do this to him or when you shoot at him or when you when you manage to like light him up and when they light yeah. the lights when he's in more of his like melted form is the one I imagine was the 15 hour one yeah. his whole body is just looks kind of like a, a melted ice cream yeah well he, he's he, he feels very indestructible doesn't he because yeah he keeps coming back he keeps, keeps coming changing back changing back and getting close to the to the sexual man form <laughs> yeah the sexual man uh, Billy's death is great I always forget that Billy is undead I always assume that he's like oh yeah because I love the fact that he was yeah at first well to be fair I, I, I loved his death when it wasn't actually his death when he gets shot in the head. When he got shot in the head, but because he's such a smug character. Yeah. I, I kind of, there was part of me that just wanted that to be it because I kind of love the fact that he walks up like, you're not going to, and it's just like Peter Vincent's bang. just like, bang, bitch. <laughs> anyway, like, I And he goes down the stairs. It's like, yeah, it's great that he rises back again for it, but part of me was a little bit like, oh, I kind of, I kind of liked the, because uh, he just seemed like a smug asshole the whole film. I he was does. Just like, I kind of like the fact that, he, that Peter Vincent the most, you know, the, the most cowardly of characters just, in this film, the most useless, is just like fucking Tarantino gunshots the head kind of on his ass. You yeah, know what I mean? it's so good. But I always forget that he comes back. I actually can't remember his actual death. So he comes back, and it's a bit of a shock because you don't expect it. Yeah, you I remember seeing him get up at the bottom of the stairs. Really cool shot when you're going down and you're looking at Pizza Vincent and Charlie yeah. at the top of the stairs. And I think, yeah, I think this is around the same time when I said about that shot about Peter Vincent. Uh, no, uh, Jerry Dandridge appearing behind yeah, them. Yeah, it's around Because he appears behind as you see him getting back up at the bottom. But yeah, I don't remember what actually happens, how he dies. So he, he they shoot him in the head and you're like, okay, he's dead. Uh, because obviously he's been about during the day. So he, he's not going to be able to do that. Yeah. And then he comes back and they keep shooting him. And then I think, I'm sure it's Peter Vincent uh, then stakes him through the heart and then he starts to slowly melt and you see like oh, green yeah. dripping it, off of him oh, I he remember. melts yeah, down yeah, yeah. to a skeleton it's really yeah, it's cool. like a bit of broken wood sideboard that yeah. just gets forced into his chest yeah. yeah 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 I remember that yeah oh yeah that is cool yeah yeah cool. and then um, he turns into like a like sand as well comes out of him which is interesting yeah like he starts with this green slime and he starts like shaking and then eventually he's a skeleton and then it's just like and then he falls down and his skull slides over <laughs> yeah it's real hammy real yeah good. that's right yeah and that was just it yeah i i really i did really i i loved all of these little effects in and i liked each of the effects um yeah it was as i said before it was just to me it just sometimes it feels like they just go on and on and on and on and there was a little point where i started to feel even i'm still enjoying each of the parts and i'm still thinking this is fun i was thinking i feel like we've been in the same location of just going to different rooms and basically getting attacked in different ways and changing in different forms and it felt like how many different effects can we throw at the wall here to kind of fill yeah in? this is all of the forms of jared andrews this is all of the forms of it and it, it's just one of those. It just it started to feel a little bit long to me in the in the two. So I was quite happy when it felt like it was finally getting to the final when they were pulling down all of the black. Yeah. And they were getting him, you know. But again, even then, it's like we've pulled that down. I was like, okay, so they're gonna get him with the flames, and then it's like, no, I'm still coming. And then and then that again, that's before he like changes into the the bat. And yeah. Everything. He still does like four. Four he, outfit changes. Yeah, he's <laughs> before like, he gets yeah. to the final, like I'm coming at you, blast you against the wall, and finally it's like screaming and 
green burning against the wall yeah. and all that kind of... And then even then, it still seems like he's going to come back again. It's like, fucking hell. Yeah, that's what I love. He's but I so like that he... Yeah, I like the unstoppable. I like the fact that he is a hard to kill. You know, you've got the whole... You know, you think he... Even like once when you think he's gone and then it's like, we've got the we've got his uh, his tomb, his, you know, his coffin. Yeah. And like, we can't let him get back into it though. Otherwise, he's protected from all the sunlight and they're trying to fight him off against it. And then again. Amy's there trying to fuck him... Oh, yeah, Blitz well. and Charlie around the room, yeah, like fucking them up, and yeah, again, and so that's and then that obviously when Jerry Dandridge is you know burnt and gone, that is when I thought I was like, oh, well, Amy's gone then, because you know even like I thought that this was permanent, yeah. I didn't really think it was coming, so I again I thought she was about to like uh, burn to dust or break down or something like that. So even though it's it didn't seem like that kind of horror film, it felt like there was going to be some kind of happy kind of. Because they hadn't killed Peter Vincent, so it felt like it was going to be some kind of happy ending there. Yeah, Peter Vincent is one of those characters you never really know if he's staying or going. You, you don't know if yeah, he's going to die. Never... You felt yeah. like as it got into the final act, you started to feel like he's such a cowardly character. That I feel like he's not going to. And yeah, at the yeah. same time, you're like, but he is the kind of character that certain ones would be like. He's now expendable. Like he needs to die to kind of let Charlie finally do it all by you know that kind of thing. Yeah, he you needs know. to, and, it, and it's passing off the torch almost. It does, yeah, and it plays out like that in certain ones. But luckily, at no point does Peter Vincent come across as a mentor of any kind. No, of course. If anything, Charlie's the one more getting it. And Who's like switched on? Him is purely just because like you got tools, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that um, that was all really cool, uh, but yeah, we've with Peter Vincent and that but yeah I thought that was and that's why I thought I added a bit of extra I was like ah oh, oh he's dead and now she's coming back and that kind of made me feel the second time a little bit more like I was like ah well Evil Ed I feel like there's a possibility I don't know if it, that's how it works but I was like yeah, there's I a did, possibility I did that this might not be him so I was like that adds another sad layer to Evil Ed of like again tossed about moving about you know and it, then he becomes like ah oh, now you're expendable and now when you could have been brought back from your form, and now it's like, oh no, that's not happening. Imagine how awkward that would have been. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I tried to kill you. I tried to kill nah, you. Peter Vincent. You're fine. <laughs> you're fine, mate. Don't worry about that's it. That's where Peter Vincent just like blows his head off. <laughs> yeah, just He's like, I'm alive again. Thank no, you. No, you're not. <laughs> you, you fought. <laughs> um, Hold on. Oh, he did come back to life, and there's a there's a cut scene about well, you just see Peter Vincent just like well, slicing it. his throat with one of those crosses. <laughs> yeah, just brutally. But that's it. Like we get the obviously Jerry Dandridge is dead, and then the next night uh, we get Fright Nights back on. Peter Vincent is like, which was yeah, I swear yeah, it, it does seem like it's literally going to be like the next night, and yet I was like, fucking hell, Peter Vincent got his show, but he said it was can- he was cancelled, he was fired. I was like, fucking hell, that went fast. I don't it, know if it was yeah, meant to be I don't the know next if it's night, meant to be, but... or if it's going to be like a somehow. But, but because he's got a show back, that implies to you like as if like in my head like. Oh, it suddenly it became news, or like people know about it, and that's why they've decided to Maybe. do a flip on the vampire thing. You know what I mean? But you know, as if it's come back into popularity, yeah. if it's that, that's the only reason he'd get his show back. So I was like, "Why have you got your show back? Did did you tell people about Jerry Dandridge? Do they know about it? I don't think they did. Is it because he slaughtered those people in the club? And they're like <laughs> yeah. a vampire in the club. <laughs> Vampire in the Club. Vampire in the Club. That <laughs> That's a new, yeah. new film. We should start producing it. Um, <laughs> copyright. Yeah, copyright. <laughs> already got it in. Um, I don't know, but I mean, I like that he's like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going back to Fright Night, yeah. but I'm letting the ego lie a bit and I'm putting on a film that I'm not in. And then I like, it's a classic like 80s, 
line where he's like, I think we'll let the vampires rest for one night. Hey, Charlie, you know? And, yeah. and it's like, oh, that's such an 80s film thing to do. Yeah, the, the ending, the, that last scene is all very 80s. The whole like, oh no, is it what's happening? Oh, wait, is something happening? Oh, well, yeah, because nah, you let's... see the eyes, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And then you hear Evil Ed's laugh and you're like... Yeah, the Evil Ed laugh seemed like... A, a bit like it um, seemed thrown in yeah it did it just seemed like they just wanted to have a little effect at the end so like Evil Ed's yeah. laughter as if it's still alive <laughs> Evil Ed is still alive somehow he's just like still alive but yeah that, no that bit did feel a bit thrown in at the end with him and uh, Amy now getting to bang yeah and then they just fuck <laughs> that's the implication <laughs> yeah um, and so interestingly enough that this actually like we spoke a little bit about the sequel um, and it did get Charlie goes to college. Charlie goes to college, and then a group of vampires are seeking them out, and the main character is uh, Jerry Dandridge's sister. Oh, okay. And Peter Vincent comes back. Um, I haven't seen it, but it's one of those films where I would I I really want to watch it. I don't expect particular massive things from it. I mean. Tom Holland and Chris Sarandon were doing Child's Play, so they didn't come back. Yeah. However, Tommy Lee Wallace did, who we, you know, who did, um, who did Halloween Free Season of the Witch, as yeah. well as uh, doing it. So he's the one that directed it. He's the one that directed it, and I, I think he's a, you know, I think he's a, he's a decent. I, I did director. almost. I, I, ha- I had to go to bed because uh, I was at work yesterday, but. Uh, I did have to go to bed, but there was a part of me that I very nearly watched o'clock. the sequel because it was right there next to it. I really? Like, I could watch you now. <laughs> I might have to watch it. And he, <laughs> funnily enough, uh, Evil Ed ended up getting the um, the the main part in a film called 976 Evil, which was directed by Robert England. Um, oh, okay. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one, but I have seen the sequel, uh, which is all right. I can't really <laughs> remember what it's about. Um so it, it it was it was well enough to do a sequel, but I don't know whether it was intended to have a sequel because, like you said, that ending is kind of very like if they'd have implied Jerry Dandridge was still alive. Yeah, I think. Whereas Evil Ed, I think it's, it's just a one of those one. like it made like it was made in like a seven million budget, wasn't it? Or yeah, around that, and it made about twenty seven. So at that point in time, that's a good like that's a good triple. That's a good like we'll make us oh that made us money. We'll make a may, single kind may, of money. But then I don't they it doesn't sound like because like Tom Holland said, the direct well the producers were all that um, perfect, you know John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis, and yeah. they didn't have much faith in this film. So they it didn't sounds have very much faith weird to tell, but that's I think that. that's kind of part of it is that they didn't have faith at the time, so they just kind of left them to it because they're like oh. You're making this for barely any budget. We don't really care. Yeah. And then it turned out to be a little bit of a, like a, a you know, I guess a minor hit. Not like a big, big hit, but for, for that time and for horror films, that was a, that was a hit. You it know was I mean? the second biggest uh, horror movie of 1985. Yeah, so that, that's sec- what I mean. Within the, the horror genre, that's yeah. pretty good. And well, the biggest one was Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> Freddy's Revenge, yeah. Which... Which, when you think Nightmare on Elm Street was a yeah. massive hit, yeah, 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 so it makes you think like yeah, 1985. So that was, but that, that's what I mean. It, it it did well for what it was like yeah. of that of the horror genre at the time. So that it probably exceeded their expectations. And obviously, at that point in time, if you've got a horror film, this thing you're making a sequel. So yeah, pretty just, much. You're just going for that as a you know, and it's got enough of a cult kind of 
and was seen as enough of a classic to get a remake, you know, and again, yeah. they don't really make, I know they do make of certain ones, but they don't make like a, a fear, a theatrical kind of like full one if it wasn't, didn't have some kind of cultural impact. Yeah. Like Fright Night kind of did. Um, you know, and yeah, as it did, and we'll revisit the, uh, I'll revisit we'll the remake at some point, but, uh, you know, um, well, before we get into um, the main question of whether it's must-see horror, we will pop over to the social media lounge. Um, so, as always, you know, we put the film that we're talking about on our Instagram and our, our uh, Twitter, and it's at CMTH Podcast. And today we had a couple of replies. So, uh, classic sci-fi horror guy said... Uh, Kraken film, wonderful combo of old school gothic and 80s practical effects with a great cast. Pretty essential viewing in my book. Um, and then Moments in Time and Space podcast, um, go and check them out, said, This is a film I enjoy watching and like to revisit from time to time. Chris Sarandon is fun to watch and I will never pass up a chance to enjoy some Roddy McDowell. And, I mean, the, we're getting into it, to the nitty gritty. Is it must-see horror? <laughs> is it a must-see horror? It is one of those interesting ones where, you know, um, again, like, I always feel like i got to put in perspective. And it is a hard question because uh, when I'm saying must-see horror, but to me, I'm also thinking as in must-see, like, 100, That's 100 horror. If you don't put it in that perspective, then half of the ones we do, I'd be like, yeah, why not? But when I'm thinking, like, does it make the cut of, like, the 100 greatest horror films that I would say, yes, I will put that in that list. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, to be honest, uh, when I watched it the first time, I wasn't so sh- I wasn't so sure. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it, but, you know, the, the yeah, and I enjoyed it more, but that was more of a I enjoyed it more than another one. You yeah. Know, not necessarily I enjoyed it fully in itself, but... The more I've, uh, the more I delved into it in the second time around, and again, I don't. To be fair, I don't always delve the second time around when we're watching these yeah. films. I watch it once and I'd be like, I ain't got time to watch it again. Um, but I did make the time because I was like, there was enough inklings there, and there were parts when I don't think I paid enough attention. So I was yeah, like, I want to watch it again. Um, and also, we had like a two week gap from when, <laughs> yeah. we, when we planned to originally like do this one. So. I definitely, um, I think I would say uh, yes. I think it would, I'm not saying it would be high up, but it would squeak into my top 100, I think. I think because it is just such a, it's just such a fun ride. And I, I do think that Chris Sarandon's Jared Dandridge actually, I think, is one of the better vampires I've seen in film. I think yes. he's so well played. I, as I said, there are certain things that like, there is a certain annoyingness about evil, but then there's also a certain emotion, you know, yeah. a depth to him in some ways. Um, you know, and... I'm not a huge... I feel Charlie's a bit one note and a little bit comes off badly at the beginning. Gets better, but comes off badly at the start and he's a little bit one note as a kind of basic straight man. Your basic, you know, kind of that you yeah. expect within an 80s film. And the Amy characters here or there, you know, she's a bit of a blank slate to be honest. She's a bit bland at times. She's yeah. a, you know, so there's not much, but but the Peter Vincent character kind of brings it up. So the, the, there's hits and misses, but I think overall I would say as an 80s vampire film, if you want like a fun 80s vampire, this is probably one of the most fun I've seen. And that's, I think, good enough to be like, yes, because it's both got the terror, the gore, the blood, the special effects, while also being fun. It's not just only about the style and the fun yeah. of it. It's it has actually got some horror, terror, like scary impact. And Jerry Dandridge, I think, is a pretty scary creation for someone who, when I went into it, Chris Sarandon, I wasn't expecting a lot from him. Yeah. Uh, go over to you. 
I mean, I mean, I said at the I start. Think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said at the start. I think it's it is a favorite of mine. Um, in terms of musty horror, I think it definitely is. I would put it within the the top one hundred. Um, it's it's a difficult one to to say where it would lie because whilst it is a favorite of mine, yeah. and I in terms of films that I I love, I would put it quite highly. However. I re- I know that when we've done it, we've we've spoke about doing a like a top ten. Mm. I don't I don't think I could see it in the top ten, um, but I think it it's such a fun film. It's cheesy and campy without being too much. Like you said, I think um, I think Chris Sarandon and Jerry Dandridge is probably one of the best vampires I've seen in in cinema. Um, I think in terms of characters, I, I whilst I wouldn't say that he is quite quite Dracula level because that's fucking that's yeah. that's the that's the dog's bollocks you know what I mean yeah. that's the Don Corleone he's definitely uh, he's in the upper echelon and you know he's one of the the great <laughs> vampires I think he's so well done um, I think of the eighties vampire films I've seen I think Fright Night's probably the best one it 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 marries this kind of pulpy, hammy, 50s kind of throwback monster movie, but in a contemporary for the 80s kind of vibe and style and yeah. cinema. And then the I think that the practical effects are great. I don't think it's a film that overly relies on its practical effects, though. But no. I think when it when it you know, when it comes to it, I don't think it pulls any punches. Um, the pacing, I always think, is an interesting one. I think it gets into it very quickly. Um, and sometimes I'm not sure whether I like that or whether I think it works in the film's favour. I know a lot of 80s films did get to the point quite quick, um, but I, I can, I'm kind of never sure whether I think it's paced too well. That would be the one kind of thing that I'm not massive on the film is I never I'm never sure if I'm a big fan of the pacing or not but overall I think yeah I think it is a must-see horror I think if people haven't seen it and they're in the mood for something fun not exact it's not terrifying but it does have some good elements of horror and some good good scares in it and if they just want a fun 80s vampire film I don't think you can go wrong with Fright Night yeah 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 it, it is that perfect blend of like the thriller like you said earlier like a rear window um, while or like it has those little elements of fun there, while also just having the plain fun and that chaotic energy, like I said, of like gremlins or yeah. poltergeist or something like that. You know, it has that kind of fun about it that you kind of draws you in yeah. in that kind of way. Um, like if you had if you if you had like um, if you had somebody who was like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, you know, you could be like, yeah, you can watch it. It's not a Whilst it has great practical effects and there are so, like Evil Ed's death is quite like tragic and quite like uncomfortable to watch, it's not a film that's extremely gory and you'd be like, actually, I don't think a kid. No, it, it would make you know? it's definitely within the level of like a fun teen horror. Kind yeah, of, like definitely like a good like maybe a slight introduction to kind of horror because it has enough of a kind of a playfulness about it that yeah. you feel like while also having horror elements that you feel like people could be like ah oh, yeah it blends like a good teen comedy with the horror part yeah you know what I mean while still as you said earlier keeping it a bit grounded and and basically basically to summarise what you said you basically said that uh, 
Jerry Dandridge makes the Lost Boys look like little bitches. <laughs> yeah, he does. He fucks. <laughs> Jerry Dandridge fucked all their mums. You know what I mean? He just piped. <laughs> well, there you go. That's uh, that's two votes for the must-see horror for uh, Fright Night. Yeah. Fright Night. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's just well, it's so easy. You can just scat it. You know. Um, but yeah, as always, if you've enjoyed the show, uh, remember to hit that subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review. Um, we are approaching our 100th episode and we are trying to cook up a little something special. Uh, but if you have any films that you'd like us to cover or any questions for us, then come and let us know either on TikTok, Instagram or Twitter at CMTH Podcast. Or you can even email us if you feel like going old school, CMTH podcast at hotmail.com um and we will see you in a week take care bye bye and don't let any strangers into your house apart from jerry dandridge because he's sexy as fuck you want to pipe him you want to pipe him bye bye